This is Jonah Hill, and you're listening to the only podcast that matters. Fits season one, episode one, bonus. If no, you're listening to this, two. <laughs> oh, fuck. Keep it in. If you're listening to this, you already know I fucked up. Yeah. But whatever. It's an inaugural Patreon episode. Stay tuned. Ooh, if you're listening, we are best friends. Yeah. Thank Hell you yeah. for Thank paying you so us much. money. Uh, you already got through two hours of big gas talk with Ezzy. Now it's time for <laughs> two hours more. Damn, Ezra. Do we hit that weedus? Ezra might never hear this. Yeah, it's of course the same Chef. episode, same shit. Maybe hit that motherfucking weedus. <laughs> All right, Ezra. <laughs> as you know, the three main Damn. subjects. Really, wow, really makes you think, dude. <laughs> the three main subjects of this podcast oh, yeah. are money, ka-ching, Wait, what was this? Titties? That da- dad oh, ass. Close. Dad Sex ass. and dating. Sucking and fucking. Yeah. Oh. Um, and most importantly, mm-hmm. ourselves. Yeah. The boys. Okay. The boys. So we're yeah. going to start with number one. Uh, yes. The most important topic, yeah. ourselves. Um, we actually have shared a, a mutual co-worker with yourself in Jonah Hill. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. We work together to make him a goddamn motherfucking style god. Yeah, dude. We put our blood, sweat, and tears into that whole fucking campaign. And you worked with him on the Sunflower music video. What was it That's like right. to work with Jonah for you? Because for us, it was awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Yeah, we did all the work. He did oh, nothing. He was awesome. But here's the thing. We've been, we've, it's, it's actually crazy. It actually trips me out. We talk about it sometimes. We've now been friends for 12 years, over a decade. How? Damn. Same as us. How do you, how yeah, do you, that's, that's crazy, <laughs> dude. How have we um, not hung out already? Well, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's funny because Jonah came to a, uh, an early Vampire Weekend show. I think, you know, he, he's from LA and, um, he, he, he has friends and connections in the music business. So I feel like he vaguely knew our manager or something. And we were doing uh, our first in-store at Amoeba Records <laughs> in Hollywood. This Classic, first, iconic yeah, spot. Iconic. Record stores existed. Yeah. Amoeba's still there, although I think finally maybe it's going to yeah. close or something. Damn. But it's, a, it's an amazing place. Hashtag free Amoeba, dude. Um, need to see it. But so he came through. Okay. And it was... Um, and I remember uh, on an early tour, we saw Superbad in a theater because we're 2007. Our, we're just starting to get some notoriety and see this movie Superbad. And which I think for a lot of people was the first time they ever saw him. Unless you saw Accepted, which. Or 40 Year Old Virgin. Classic. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. He did what, the eBay, the eBay yeah, the, store. The little cameo. Yeah, yeah. But so. But Superbad, his breakout. Superbad, yeah, his big, breakout big, role. Yeah. And then so, you know, I meet this guy. Oh, man, I just saw you. Like, that's a good movie. And and we're hanging out. And I feel like I had a, a gift certificate. Like, they used to give you like an $80 gift certificate <laughs> when you played Amoeba. And I was buying like all these DVDs. Cool. And there's a movie I hadn't seen in years. Um, uh called uh, Blood In, Blood Out. It's mm. a, it's about like you sell like yeah. gang stuff. And um, I think Bound by Honor is maybe the official title. It has like one of Colin. Right, right. And anyway, I was like going to, I was, I was like going to use my gift certificate and he's like, oh shit, you like that movie? And we started talking about movies and stuff and uh, we're also the same age. Like we graduated high school the same mm-hmm. year and stuff. So I think we always had this kind of like, uh, like a kinship. Sure. Obviously he's on a, this whole other level in terms of dealing with celebrity oh. and stuff. When you're You've like, won Grammys. He's never won an Oscar. So 
Uh, you know, that's, that's the pinnacle of your fields, respectively. Just saying. Well, yeah, there's, they give it a lot. That's more what gravity. you have in common. <laughs> yeah. That's what you have in common with him. Is that neither of you have won an Oscar. Yeah, yeah neither of us have won an Oscar. Yeah, but that's you what know. bonded us with him as well. So I think he, he also, you know, obviously he became incredibly famous. Sure. That, that's something that thank, thankfully I never really had to deal with. The only people who stop me on the street are just are like heads. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's not just like podcast fans. Yeah, podcast fans. <laughs> you were on the, that podcast yeah. with Jimmy and Larry. Yeah, there, yeah. there's n- nobody like looks at my. What are they face. like in person? <laughs> yeah, that's what's crazy with actors is you you just get the weirdos. You get people just being like, yeah, people being like, oh hey hey hey, I know you. I, I saw you in something. They're like, oh yeah, and they're like, this sucked. She <laughs> <laughs> no, was like, trash. Nobody recognizes me and, and is like. Oh, Coach Coachella 2010. I saw you. Fu- you know, uh, yeah. sucked. <laughs> they, don't, they don't know who I am. Um, but anyway, I think I think the fact that we're like the same age and had stuff in common, it kind of felt like well, we're two people starting our respective careers at the same time. We've right. been kind and of friends ever since. 10, 12 years later, you guys, was this the first time you, you officially yeah. worked together in like any form of any sort of capacity? Yeah, professionally. Yeah, it was the yeah. first time we ever did. How, how was together. that? Was it was it tough to work with friends? Yeah. Oh no, it was super fun. You know, it's a music video and. Um, and, and he was there and, yeah. and, and we, yeah, we're doing like, cause I think that song sunflower, because it's with Steve Lacey, you know, he's, uh, he's from Compton and that song already felt super like SoCal. We're kind of like, let's like flip it and make it this one, like upper West side, kind of like New right. York cold vibe. And so I think, you know, was that his, um, treatment or was that you guys? I think I said, him? let's do it in New York. And then he was like, okay, cool. I got how much, uh, less fam. Yeah. I got how, much, how much white fish salad did you sneak? Yeah. Right. They ate a lot. I mean, we were, we were hanging <laughs> with us because before Zabar's we were at Barney Greengrass. Right. So we we're hanging with all the green grasses, yeah. <laughs> just talking about the family business and stuff. Yeah. That was fun. And then actually, uh, our boy Eli, who I told you was the first vampire weekend fan and he produced Jonah's movie mid nineties. Mm. Oh, really? Also produced uncut gems. Oh, nice. And so he was just like, for love of the game, he was like, you know that guy, that's the guy that we met at the at speed the, of the mic. We met him. He's the guy with the glasses that look like From fucking at uh, uncut gems. Oh, he looks like JJ. He looks like JJ. Like like Abrams. Abrams. I can exactly. see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we met that. Yeah, yeah. 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 they have yeah. different yeah. hair. Shout out Eli. Big yeah. gang. Yeah. Dude. He's also, shit. he's the yeah. number one failing up or this podcast fans. Yeah. The first, oh, there the first ever. Yeah. He's a, he's a, that's why he's so good at what he does. Um, he's got an eye for talent. So he, like he was in the mix kind of helping out. And then so, and you know, they had Jonah got Jerry Seinfeld to be in it. So it was like a fun day. We're like hanging out. Kicks on that. Who had better oh, kicks on yeah. that day? You, Jonah, or Jerry? I'm trying to remember what Jerry oh, I can't even is. remember. He's he had shocks on, Nike shocks. Yeah. I would nothing I would, flashy, yeah. real low key. Um, and uh, yeah, so no, it was it was just like a super fun day. Everybody hanging out, great video. And then we had like a bunch of friends came to visit at the end of the day at Zabar's after they kind of locked it down. Mm-hmm. What's There's, it cost to shut down Zabar's? Yeah, if I may be so gauche to ask. <laughs> I don't know. I was, uh, you know, I wasn't looking at the at the, <laughs> the budget. That's the label. Yeah, yeah, that's why you signed with the major. That's yeah. right. But um, there was something like really fun and surreal about just like after hours. You, forget about Zabers. Even just being in a supermarket like after hours, like yeah. shut it down, and just like all our friends just kind of walking around and shooting the shit. It's like eerie. Free yeah. samples. It's okay, like that the movie that joined as a voice in Sausage Party. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of Sunflower, though, Vampy Weeks, the Sunflower music video is currently at 1.7 million views. Post Malone, Sway Lee, their music video for their track, Sunflower, 887 million views. What's the plan to catch up yeah. with them? I can close that gap, dog. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Now maybe I have to get the 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 view farms yeah. <laughs> popping. You need 885.3 million views to catch up. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Our videos never had like tons of views, you know, but I'm I'm more like. I'm more into the quiet dignity of uh, just slugging it out on Spotify. Yeah. Quality views. Yeah, yeah. As, as getting... a former filmmaker, though, do you put a lot of like, <laughs> do you insert yourself into the process yeah. of making the music videos in a way that well, other musicians might I, not? I got to admit with this record, 
when it came time to make videos, I was a little bit just like, oh, fuck you. I don't want to make videos. Really? Because I felt like I put blood, sweat and tears into making this album, it, figuring out a way to being gone all these years. Like it felt like such a crazy task just to make music that could be different, still sound like us, still somehow relevant. And it felt like an impossible like challenge. Like a gargantuan It felt like task. an impossible challenge yeah. to come back in this era when kind of like indie bands seem so played out and people kind of not know what, what to do. And so to, to really hit all those things where you're not just like serving up people exactly what they've come to expect, but you're also, do, but you're doing something different, all that stuff. Right. It seems so hard. You got to hit and, every, you got to check every box. And yeah. I was so obsessed with like, yeah, just, just making the record and what the record had to say. And then of course the live yeah, I was show on that press. and all that stuff. So there's something about by the time it comes and the marketing machine. Kicks yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, then, oh. then when that stuff comes on and it, I think a lot of artists feel this way, it's like, you're so exhausted, especially if you're really in the weeds on the music, like some people, you know, aren't. And by the time that comes, it's like, it's like this incredibly important thing. Cause you're pre presenting the first time somebody, well, not the first, that's also why I didn't want the videos to be the first time anybody saw it, even though that's smarter for views. Sure. We made these little like um, fun, the things that I really like, we did stuff with like frogs and bugs. Oh and yeah, yeah. That to me looks like how the album's supposed to the look. Faux, the faux videos. So, but yeah. then we had to make videos with us because at the end of the day, people want to see the, that's the, money the artists dog. and stuff. And that's when I kind of feel like, man, that's really the world we live in. Like until you see my face lip syncing to this, <laughs> it doesn't feel real or something. <laughs> yeah. And the most hilarious thing is I remember at least one comment that when the first video we made Harmony Hall, which is, you know, it's kind of random. It's like there's some cool moments. Danielle Heim doing these amazing hair flips and slow-mo and I'm making some pancakes and there's a snake. But, you know, it's it's a Jonah's in that, too. Yeah. Jonah stopped by and he was hanging out. And then I remember being like, this is a cool video. It's like a cool kind of 90s throwback video. And it, it certainly doesn't hurt the song. And you get to see the guys and all that stuff. And then I remember getting a, like a, a DM or something from a fan just being like, hey, I just want to say when a Harmony Hall first dropped. I couldn't make heads or tails of the song, man. Then I saw that video, like, I still ride with you guys. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking Thanks, about? Thanks, dog. And I was yeah. like, but uh, at the same time, word? I, I can't, I, you don't get to choose how people get into your music. So I was right. like, I guess that's why you make videos. Sometimes people need to see the face. Yeah. So anyway, with, yeah, with videos, I always feel like it's like a, a first do no harm type thing. Sure. So we come up with a concept that just feels like chill. Because um, you could you could definitely make a video where you're like, Million you dollar go, hype Williams. Yeah, you, you lose, spend too much or, uh, money. Yeah, you, uh, you somehow just like make the song look worse or something. Um, yeah, so with all these videos, we try to do simple taste without like first one's kind of 90s. Jonas is cool, New York one, he's having fun with the camera. And then the third one, we did like black and white out in Palm Springs, like, yeah, simple, simple, keeping it simple. Well, you love it, Jonah. He is on our personal, uh, Holy Trinity. The show is most out. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah We're the, the show's most. Uh, we got Jonah Hill. Uh -huh. We got Kanye West. Uh -huh. And we got Shia the Beef, yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Oh, yeah. He's the a God. legend. The what God. are your thoughts on those three guys? Um, yeah. Their personal style. Yeah. Well, Jonah's got great style always. It's been, I've enjoyed seeing him become more of a fashion icon. You guys icon. talk about clothes? Yeah. Yeah. We definitely talk about clothes. Here Did you listen that. to his uh, podcast episode with us? <laughs> No, actually, I haven't heard no, it. I'll send yet. it to you. I'll touch yeah, you. Yeah, send it to me. Yeah. Uh, was it? Was can it? I get it for free? Uh, yeah, I think so. Well, we'll yeah, see, we'll yeah, see yeah, how things shake yeah, out. Yeah, we'll see if it exists. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. The, the Jonasance was very much for a lot of external people that aren't like you know homies with him. It right. was very like stark and sudden. But in your eyes, had he always kind yeah. of been like progressing naturally in a linear way that maybe other people didn't see? Yeah, definitely. He's always was like a 
a tasteful person. Like the places he lived always had like, you know, cool furniture and art on the wall. See, so the idea of him being like uh, a person with aesthetic taste. Makes yeah, there, there's no question yeah. about that. Um, Kanye. I mean, po- all politics aside. All slavery was a choice. Comments aside. Just, oh yeah. By the way, can I can I say while I'm here? I don't, whenever this airs, hopefully it's still a thing. Yeah. Bernie 2020. Oh Come yeah. On. Get it out there. We have a politics corner. Yeah. We'll oh, be on the show. Okay. We'll get, within the next three hours, we're yeah. gonna get to yeah. it probably. But I yeah. don't support Trump. I support Bernie. Hell yeah. Um, but <laughs> anyone was. But in Kanye's case anybody's like, wondering you know, what's like, happening, Kanye as a fashion plate, and like, well, his, of course, Kanye is. Uh, and that's why it's kind of sad to see that. Clearly, some of it is a uh, is a uh, own goal, but uh, that that people have turned on him because he there's so many influential and important people in our culture right now who still who actually wouldn't even exist without him. It's For like sure. layers on layers of layers. You can't even. It's almost hard. It's one. I guess it's those things. He's like when the you, connective tissue of a lot of culture. We're, from we're fashion like yeah, to music and to we're whatever. the perfect generation to have watched it happen. So you can kind of understand like when you're talking to your parents or let alone your grandparents, <laughs> where they're trying to explain to you just some shit like you don't get. What it was like when the Rolling Stones and the Beatles came to the uh, U.S. Uh, okay, Boomer. Yeah, yeah and you're yeah, just kind of like, yeah. okay, Boomer. Just like it's like it's it's hard to fully uh, explain the impact that Judy Garland had, <laughs> and you're just kind of like, yeah, she was a movie star and she sang, and yeah, I yeah. saw Wizard of Oz. It's cool, and I do think there's yeah, there's something about like uh, Kanye that you can already see it happening. Yeah, where we're yeah we, you, we're trying to explain. We're to trying to get it's like well, you got to understand, man. What late '90s hip hop that was in a certain kind of place and yeah. the and fashion and all. It's gonna be hard to explain. Yeah. It already is a little hard to explain. Do you have a favorite Kanye record or song? Just real quick. I'm actually really curious. Who? I mean, so many. I mean, as an artist, I do. I, I rarely. I mean, this is kind of galaxy brain, but I'm just like, I really have, I really have favorite records from artists that I like because I truly am fascinated by the career. Mm. So it's like, you could say, oh yeah, Yeezus, that's, that's incredible. And Yeezus was such a special moment, but Yeezus is incredible because the, the five before that were incredible. It's, it's a story, you know, I always feel a little bit like it's like chapters in a book. And when somebody Mm. has a run of, and like, like an all time run too. And, let's be clear. And it's like, you know, very slowly I'm trying to build our version of it, but it's like, I've, I'm very thankful. I can say now that the dust is settled. I've met people who so passionately feel that each of our four records is the best or their favorite. And I can, sometimes I can tell if I see somebody coming towards me, oh, you can like, I know I have a feeling which like they're going to be. This motherfucker in the Oxford like shirt. It's, it's, You're like, I get it. It's kind of like, and it's also a little bit back to the regional film festival thing where it's kind of like, somebody's like, dude. First, the first record, whatever, or the second or the third. or four. And I'm just kind of like each one of those regional film festival, mm-hmm. man. And they each came in first place for the regional <laughs> film yeah. festival. They each dude. won the Palm Door. So, yeah, they each do their own thing for. So anyway, it, to me, what's really fascinating is is the you could call it a run. You could call it chapters in a sure. book, the story of a career. And so in that sense, I think Kanye's first six even seven, even when you go back to yay, it, that's what that one was called. Yikes. Yay's not bad. No, is, that one, is that the one yeah. you worked on? I put my hand on the stove. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like uh, 07 Shake. Shake. She's yeah. from Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. So she you, has new music coming out soon. Def Jam plug. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Modern uh, Vampires you, you, of the City is your My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy? It, uh, probably. That, in that, that feels like. In that it's like, you know, it, it has this kind you're of. You're wearing ser- a lot of red at the time. <laughs> it has a seriousness and a kind of grandiosity. Yes. That. But a purposeful, but in a, a purposeful way. Yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. In, in, a, in a true way. And it's like the themes are more, uh, 
dark on the surface. So like that one, you know, it doesn't surprise me that like for a lot of critics and kind mm. of like message board type people. Pitchfork that, type beat. Yeah, like that. <laughs> it was cool. That was Pitchfork's album of the year, the year it came out, which is pretty cool. And but the way I think about it is like is like. Yeah, we won. We won the regional film festival that year. Yeah, yeah. And your, that, and your career that won a Grammy, right? That record. Uh, that won a Grammy. And and your career is is not about winning the same regional film festival over and over again. Right. It's like about bringing new people in. Um, a different region. Yeah, a multi-region player. You got to be a multi-region <laughs> player in this. Got to conquer the globe, um, region by region. Yeah. So anyway, I. I What's truly father a the favorite kind? Well, it's. I think Father the Bride is going to be contextualized a lot by the next two. Wow, oh. already, already. Wow, this is yeah. this is damn time. Real really is a flat circle. Shit. God damn. Speaking of Doctor Manhattan, if, I already this, wrote two records. But if, <laughs> this, if this episode ends before those two come out, <laughs> yeah, right. If we're still here, um, but the one thing I'll say, uh, well, so in one sense, Father the Bride is it's the double album. Yeah. So it's you know I knew going right. into it, and I knew it was the right moment because Grandfather the Bride, Grandfather the Bride, because um, Father the Bride is eighteen songs. It's a double album. To me, I, the record I thought about the most is Bruce Springsteen, The River. Mm. And if you're Bruce Head, and or you're just he's from too, Jersey, yeah. so he's too there's, <laughs> there's a thing that I kind of thought about it in a way that he had his first two albums. He wasn't like known nationally yet so it's kind of you can't do an exact comparison what are the, fir- what are the first two um one is called uh greetings from asbury park right, one's it's called the the, the wild the innocent the east street shuffle it's it's their fan favorites it's all it has like rosalia yeah. is on one of those records and then born runs the breakthrough but st- and then darkness on the edge of town in some ways i felt like oh okay but please don't kill me if you're a bruce fan the, <laughs> they we, might we yeah. have to we have to They're use from jersey we they have, have no class but i'm just saying <laughs> i just have to make a disclaimer you know, we all have to use the greats sometimes just as a as benchmark. a as benchmarks. Sure. It, it doesn't mean we're literally measuring saying, sticks. Measuring sticks. So it doesn't mean we're saying we're at that level. You <laughs> it's know, not dick, it's not a dick measuring. Context. I can't wait for this to get yeah. pulled out of context. Right. Yeah, yeah. preferably by our own social media right. manager, and then turned into a scandal. Uh, anyway. we're, we're the Bruce Springsteen of <laughs> yeah. twenty nine. You heard no, it here I, first. Yeah. But I'm saying we're like, better than we're yeah. bigger than Jesus. Yeah, right. But I'm saying I felt I felt a little bit like maybe modern vampires are like darkness on that town, in that it's it's an album where you kind of. You trim the fat a little bit and you're like, okay, not, not every, not everybody gets the, gets the joke stuff. Not everybody gets the sarcastic side. Fuck is a wicked snake. Yeah. Not everybody gets the fun, the mansard roof, Oxford comma shit that some people are just like, what is this fucking preppy? Ew. So then, and even (laughs) Bruce didn't have that, but he had a lot of his, like his like big Phil Spector, like shit, which is dope. But you know, there's something about that's an album where you're just kind of like, okay, this album is really just like dark, intense, whatever. Mean, lean and mean, dude. And the album cover, you know, picture Bruce on the cover of Darkest on the Edge of Town. Just like, oh. <laughs> uh, he's not horsing around with Clarence. Right, you know right, what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah. And anyway, so the fact that after that, he made a double album, The River, and that has some of his darkest songs ever. The song, The River, is like brutal. It's about, you know, how tough life is, taking walking through a life with somebody uh, who's, you know, kind of suffered at the the hands of a, un, of a cold world or a difficult world. And then there's songs on that literally just called Ramrod, just like <laughs> bar band shit yeah, or, yeah. or like song, little girl, I want to marry you. <laughs> and there's something I love about that, that probably like some people heard darkness on the edge of town. There's like, oh yeah, like now we're getting right, into right, the right. psyche of what it means to be a working class Jersey guy. And then the next album, little girl, I want him. I love that shit. I yeah, love yeah. the, and, and, and he's he's a and you know it's funny Kanye did an interview at some point 
I don't know if he's a Bruce said or, or might've been Rick Rubin was talking about. Sure. Kanye did an interview that I swear I saw somewhere that he said something. He's like, he's like, where they're asking about his albums. He goes, you know, Bruce Springsteen made an album called Nebraska before he made born in the USA. And and that was like a dark acoustic one. And then he made this big pop album and whatever. So even Kanye's thinking yeah, about Bruce, he gets it. everybody's looking at everybody. So I guess to me, the double album in your catalog and if, I knew going into it that that dropping Father of the Bride, I knew I I had a feeling, and this is more or less how it turned out. Most people were going to get it, and at least I hoped. You know, coming back after six years, most people get it. But you would definitely have people being like too long, <laughs> like you know, bloated, whatever. Because that's Playing all, the streaming game. Yeah. Th- that's always what happens yeah. with, with double albums. And then you're also going to have people who pinpoint the the "I want to marry you" type song, sure. where you're having a little more fun or whatever. And to me, I see that as the balance. And to them, that's the fat that sure. should have been trimmed. So you know that's going to happen. And you're going to get some people being like, well, I liked a few songs, but man, did some of this other shit. I think so. You know that's going to happen. But at, but then in the long game, I do feel like people come back to those double albums when the dust is settled. And they represent such a special moment in the catalog too. It's like, you know, even again, don't kill me. Even <laughs> even the White Album, when that came out, that, that got some like bad reviews, yeah, like and, Rocky Raccoon. Or, yeah, because people know, hear like, that shit and just be like, yo, you know, get back to Sergeant Pepper. That's sure. like tighter and whatever. Right. And then when I was growing up, I was like, unequivocally, White Album is my favorite because it has like the goofball moments and shit. Back in the USSR and, and like yeah, all this. All and I don't this. and. And again, this is just like a Beach Boys. We're just we're just trying to learn a little. Yeah, it literally opens with a Beach Boys parody song. It's like goofy. Yeah, those Georgian girls, whatever. So anyway, my my point is that uh, I think over the course of each album, and look, I think definitely this album opened the doors to some people. Some of the people I've met who got in on this album were definitely people who were like slightly more like classic rock heads. And mm. like, I always thought you guys were kind of like little bitches. It's <laughs> so like, now I heard a little like, you know, I heard a little classic rock. Not okay. dropped. So yeah, yeah there's, there's a little I'm bit a of fan. that. But I also just feel like the, the double album is, is a moment that you can like swim around in a little more. Mm. And so even that, and again, you can't do that over and over again. It's not special. If every song is 20 is 18 to 20, every album is 18 to 20 songs. It's it's yeah. not special, but I kind of feel like, and that's what I mean about the contextualization of the next couple. But is the next one going to be eight minutes long? Yeah, when's your Yeezus or dropping? eight tracks, twenty four minutes long? Lean and I don't know. I mean, the next. Do you one try I'm- to keep people on their on their toes with like every album, not like necessarily transform yourself completely or transform the sound completely, like Kanye or like David yeah. Bowie, but like you're, obviously you have a long plan, a long game here. You're not you're not trying to just do the same shit over and over. Definitely not. And I felt every album, we, and I guess, I guess I got to take this as a, as a sign that we're doing things right. Going back to the second album, the first song we put out was Horchata. Every time we've put out mu- a new, new music, we always get a split response. Of course you get, look, I, I dwell on the, the dissenters because <laughs> you learn from it, but you get, you know, whatever, 90% people, oh, I love it. Cool. Whatever. And then you get the, some people who are just like, man, these guys refuse to grow. <laughs> And I swear, even even the third album, you had some people saying that. Is this critics saying, or is this fans? Uh, a little bit of both. And you know, I remember when our song some "Step" came out. To me, the song "Step" was like that was like my lyrical masterpiece. Mm. I find something I'd always wanted to accomplish, and what we did, you know, the production and the arrangement, Great everything, song. everything that came together. I was like, this is the promise of Vampire Weekend fulfilled. That's how I felt about the song. The Step. prophecy. And then I think maybe just because it had harpsichord promised. on it and stuff and the beautiful harpsichord part by Rossum, but people, because there was harpsichord on the first time, I swear, I saw like, there was something that I read. It was like some round tail people being like, oh yeah, Vampire Weekend bullshit. And I was kind of <laughs> like, what? So anyway, I think that, that's- motherfuckers. That, and, and even when Harmony Hall came out, we got people being like, 
oh, these guys fucking the Grateful Dead now. And he had other people being like, being like, man, just typical Vampire Weekend shit. Where's the growth? And it's kind of like, we didn't sound like Grateful Dead. Nobody compared us to the Grateful Dead before. But I think that's the sign that you're doing something right is that. You know, it's like you're creating a little bit of chaos because some people, some people like read Joker. it one way. Some yeah. people. Yeah, exactly. Like me. Joker man. That's right. Joker you man. You're just, why we you're play just Joker a dog man. chasing a car. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I think I, that's. I want to know how I cop this harpsichord. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's when I finally the, get one, what am I going to do with it? <laughs> it's the absolute dream is that you can tell a story and keep most people on board from chapter to chapter. But the story's changing. That's the pinnacle. That's the ideal. And that's why. Us music nerds, we look at the people who had runs like that, the Kanye's, the Bruce's, right. the Beatles, Radiohead, you know, whoever. I still can't um, believe you read the comments, though. I don't read the I know better than to go deep on the comments. There, but there's verified certain, only. There's certain. Yeah, yeah. verified. Yeah, only. Right. <laughs> uh, Best tab on Twitter. <laughs> there's but, you know, there's certain things you see, like I'm uh, like I'll I'll occasionally look through the Instagram comments mm. and, or something. I'm, I'm not doing like deep name searches on Google or Twitter. <laughs> do you, do That's read, a recipe for disaster. Do you read reviews? Do you read like actual reviews from actual critics? I read a lot of them. Not all of them. Are you like Virgil Abloh? Like, fuck you, critics. Like you don't even do shit. Um. Fuck you, John Caramonica. My 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 official take is that well, also uh, because I'm I'm like the Joker in that um, <laughs> in that I know you're a that freak. I'm I'm a sweet I'm a sweet guy, but you know if if I got pushed too far, snap. If you got yeah. slapped in the face with a sign, yeah. If the Wayne family toyed with my head, whatever. <laughs> I, I'm saying that like there is a part of me that's like. And also, I, in early Twitter days, when every time I get these are not necessarily critics sometimes, but even fans are like are kind of low level bloggers. Every time I get into something with somebody, it <laughs> would it blog. would never end satisfactorily. Would you, go, you would go back and forth with them two or three times, but every time I would do that, fool's and I'd just be like, "Yeah, it's a fool's errand," because it I would almost every it would either it would often end just like this. Well. Okay, but why do you care? It, like, if nobody would ever apologize, it would just always be like, why do you care? And it's like, uh, dude, chill out. All I did was say you fucking suck and your music is trash. Like, why do you care? Relax, it, bud. Yeah, it's because, it, and then you, and then they look at you like, you have zero chill, bro. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> all I did was say you're the worst band of all time. Yeah. So it, it, it doesn't, it rarely pays off, but um, I, you know, it, it, look, I think all artists feel this way a little bit to, to find that middle ground between, Going reading everything that's ever written about you is totally a fool's errand, and and, oh, and you watch and, and you watch it crush people. Yeah, because no, even these people that you think, oh yeah, that's cool, they don't care. You every time I get to know people, where I'm like, man, I wish I was more like you, man, because you don't care, and then they're just like, I care, oh, I care, I care deeply, I care deeply, more so, than you ever know. Yeah, so <laughs> you can't go that's deep. Copy you got to protect yeah. yourself because you'll go deep, and the next thing you know, you're dwelling on literally. The, a super random person. Pandora's box. You don't want to yeah. open it. Yeah. And you could be dwelling on somebody that's like somebody you went to middle school with under an alias who's just trying to like fuck with you. you. And, then, and then you're just like, <laughs> and you literally forget about the fact that you're about to go yeah. on tour to hundreds of thousands of people. So whatever. You got to have some perspective. But also you can't, the, obviously the uh, the other side of the spectrum is full bubble. It's just like right. surrounded so by people, you know, on, yeah. on your chamber. dick and just yes, kind of like man. telling you like, you fucking rule, whatever. Yeah, more and I've always kind of Yeah. So I've always felt like <laughs> you need a crew of people Shippings. who like, you know, and I'm, I'm lucky. I've got a group of friends who kind of keep it real. And some, of my, and some of my really, yeah. <laughs> some of my really close friends are Boy. different <laughs> genres and stuff. Yeah. So you need people who, so anyway, seeing who, a little bit of musicians, you uh, garner um, 
constructive criticism from. Well, like I was mentioned, Dave Maklovich from Chromio, mm, right. he's a he's a close friend. He's actually an executive producer on Father of the Bride. Oh. Because with him, I he's a he's really smart. I met him because he's a he was a grad student at Columbia, mm. getting a PhD in French literature. And uh, Montreal. Nerd. He's from Montreal. Quebecois. Um he's a Quebecois. A Trax brother. A Trax brother. <laughs> Very strong family. Yeah. Um and they <laughs> And his and his whole thing is like, and Chromio has always been a little bit misunderstood too, because they were a little bit ahead of their time. And people were like, is this Chromio spo- rules. Is this supposed to be like funny? And yeah. like they've She's people so actually don't I even just dance. And sometimes so a lot of people don't even understand how big they are because like they they like they have a really dedicated fans, and you know and they go on tour and stuff. And so I think he's always been interested in that like that middle ground where do people get it? How much do you really want them to get it? Mm. Who, like, is it cool to piss off some, like, dorks and shit? So sometimes he provides, when you feel, like, emotional about stuff, you need somebody with that, like, kind of more above-it-all perspective. And the cool thing about him is that in whatever the indie culture that we are, we're associated with, he just could not care less about right. that. Like, right, right, So he, but, it's you know. too cool for school. He's too cool for school. But, but in the best possible way. In the best yeah. possible way. And, and also, like, he'll cool admit when something, like, you know. He'll admit that like uh, Electric Field by MGMT, that's all time classic. It is. You know, but he's not Huge an indie he's not an indie guy. So it's like interesting to hear his perspective. And then of course I got my indie guys. So you yeah. know, I, I know that world. What did um what did Kanye West say about Father of the Bride? Yeah. I don't you think, ever had a music conversation. I don't think he's with him? heard it. Well, I was in I've met him a few times over the right? years. Oh, I right, was right. I was in the studio in I was very thrilled to be invited down to be part of this, you know, rotating cast of characters when he was working. Was that for Yay or was that for uh this would have been okay? It, w- it would have been in the time in between Yeezus and Pablo. Because I remember, it's, uh, yeah, somewhere yeah. there's a picture of us sitting on a So you were couch working on Yandi. Because I remember yeah. Father of the Bride and Yeezus had come out the previous year. And I remember somebody in the studio said, we were sitting there and we were having a conversation. Somebody said, look at you two guys. You made you made two of the best albums last year. And I remember kind of like, yeah, take a picture. <laughs> I've never seen the picture. Fire. But somewhere there's a picture of us being like, yeah, yeah. modern vampires and Yeezus. What yeah. up? Um and uh, yes, we uh, of course, but he, but he was working on his own music. So we sure. were talking about the music that he was working on and stuff. Um, I uh, Have yeah, any I, of your contributions made it to Wax on Pablo. No, no. no. Um, just there's, Beyonce. <laughs> there's a cool, yeah, just yeah. That was a whole different story with Beyonce. But yeah, so I don't know if Kanye has heard Father of the Bride. Um, what about uh, has, has Jonah heard it? Has he offered any? Oh yeah, no. Jonah, Jonah's heard it. Jonah's yeah. been very supportive. He came. He came out to one of the first the first new shows of the era. Mm. Do you think Vampire Weekend is? High. Do you think Vampire Weekend is oh, his right. top play 2019? Ooh, oh, I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to put him on the spot. <laughs> yeah, it might be some like 90s hip hop, but no, he's always. And I, <laughs> no, he, of course, he's you know he's like with he's the inner circle. He's we the homie. Music has before. Shia LaBeouf ever told you that he's a fan of your music? Well, Shia did come to a Vampire Weekend show in Amsterdam with Kid Cudi. Fire. <laughs> That's how many that mushrooms were they? How many, how many mushrooms yeah, were they on? It was unclear if they had if how much of the show they saw, but uh, they 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 were in they were in Amsterdam for some other reason. Uh, drug, was tour, drug, tour, drug, drug tour, drug uh, yeah, yeah, it actually might have been he might have been performing at like High Times Cannabis Cup or something. Okay, that sounds kind of familiar. But then they came, and our backstage scene was so lame because <laughs> they're like, "Fuck this, we don't party really." Right. So I think they were kind of it's like a slightly awkward like no music. We're gonna like. Bounce. But there was like kind of like cool thing. Show. So I was kind of like, so we didn't really get to bro down. And uh, I was like, them Kid Cudi actually, he 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 made a song on a mixtape where he rapped over our song Ottoman. So I was, I was kind of yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. cool. I'll fuck with Kid Cudi. Um, so we, there was, you know, it was just some very quick, awkward, just like, hello. But then I remember the next <laughs> day I was getting on an early flight out of Amsterdam 
and I come down into like real, so real early lobby call. So maybe I'm rolling down to like the hotel breakfast at, you know, 6am just open, like the lights are still down and I'm literally the only person there getting, getting some muesli or whatever. And then <laughs> another muesli. person walks in and, uh, it's and it's Shia. Oh, Shia. And, and we, you know, just awkwardly met the night before. They're like, oh, hey, man. And he's like, oh, hey, he's like, you, you taking off early? I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, me too, getting on a flight. And then we sat and had breakfast. Together. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's what, incredible. What was the fit? I, I just remember it was really dark. Hotel robe. It was dark in the, what, the rest. What was he eating? I don't remember what he was eating. I, I have some, I can't even remember what we talked about. I remember. <laughs> really? I remember so he I, didn't make an impression on you, clearly. No, no. I remember. Or you did party really hard. I remember at the time being, because this is before he was like, you know, fit God. Right. Like, the source, as we said. You know, art movie guy. Yeah. So I, I remember at the time him saying something about. How misunderstood he, said, he was. <laughs> yeah, I'm not he wasn't famous like anymore. that, but I think yeah. he said something like interesting where I was like, okay, this guy's like, yeah. this guy's going to have a more interesting He's cerebral. Yeah. Or like he was saying something he's about thoughtful. how. He's a thoughtful guy. Yeah. Something about like the Transformers movies and how that, <laughs> like something how like. You Optimus know, Prime like, doesn't have a dick. How many or, times have to no, tell or, you just, or just something where I just remember he saying something where I could tell that he was, he was kind of like. Yeah, you know, you start doing these movies and you get a little trapped and they're time consuming or whatever. I just could tell he was like a real one. Yeah. Mm. And then I remember years later, I saw him at a coffee bean in LA and I was like, hey, remember we had a breakfast? And he's like, oh, yeah, man. Cool. How are you guys? He's cool. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) What do you think of his steez? Because we call him the source because like he has influenced from Kanye down. Speaking of like like the uh, the silhouette you mentioned where it's like the the skinny pants and the big shoes. Mm. He was doing that with the Ugg boots and the military boots and then uh, running picture. There's like one of the pictures you see of him a lot is kind of like pink boots. Yeah. Now this one's like this one's almost like some military boots and he's like real deep maybe a t-shirt tucked into pants. It's when he was right. uh yeah. it's when he was filming um, pre- that tank movie. Yeah, he's preparing the movie with Brad Pitt. See that also Fury that also shows he knocked his own tooth out. Yeah. Oof. He's Damn, the I didn't know that. It also goes to show why in any artist's career, whether you're an actor or a musician, you need a you need a diesel moment. Yeah. And that's again. why this is yeah. your moment. So just yeah. like you said, Father Brides the Double Album. The Modern Vampires is the critics pick. Contra's skateboarder album. <laughs> next album, the your first one's the preppy one. The next one is the Diesel album. Hell yeah. <laughs> you got Vin Diesel on it. It's a feature. Well, you know he used to rap. That's right, and he's a great karaoke singer. Yeah. Okay. He loves See, the pageantry. Um, how Diesel. Do you, you know, we, we talked about the style of our, of our Holy Trinity, but how would you even describe your personal style? We've been circling this question, like in 2020. How do you describe your personal style? Yeah. Because obviously prep is way the fuck in the yeah. rearview mirror. Although I will say that I've had, I, I always had mixed feelings about the prep thing because I felt like we were maybe a little bit ahead of our time by Agreed. like betting big on it. You know, like <laughs> all in. I, yeah. And especially it's easy to be all in when you're young because I was just like, this is funny. Yeah. This shit's funny. Like no t-shirts on stage, boat shoes. This shit's funny. Yeah. Um, More kids. But the. You pushed but all then, your critter pants into the yeah, middle of the then, table. But then once you're, <laughs> when you're, then when you're out on Main Street, you're not just like playing like at the frat party. And then everybody just kind of like. Well, these like preppy boys and you're like, oh, you don't really understand me. Play you Ramrod. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so then then I felt like, oh, no, did we overdo it? But then as time has gone on, I actually recognize that um, it's we're lucky that we have it, even though it continues to haunt us because it's a thing. And most people don't have a thing. Yeah, most all. people don't have nothing. Most people yeah. have nothing because it's so hard to get even people to think about you. Like there is a time. It was actually on my birthday. I had a real low-key birthday party. All the friends were over. And it was kind of like, I think it was a Saturday night. And um, and we, at some point, it was winding down. Nobody really wanted to like go out to a bar. So let's just like throw on SNL. 
and we're like, sure. So we're watching SNL. And then that that time on Weekend Update, they they were talking about Jared Kushner. And do you remember <laughs> his infamous fit where he's wearing like a bulletproof vest, the flak over, jacket, yeah. Yeah, yeah, flak jacket over like a blue blazer. He's in the Middle East. He's in the Middle East. Right? Yeah, he's like going to visit the troops. Yeah, but he's he, like, he was at like the U.S. like J Crew and Kevlar he's in the green right. zone. Yeah, yeah. And you know he's he's an infamous dipshit. Yeah, infamous Jersey dipshit. <laughs> yeah. Big um, shit. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> big real estate guy like yourself. And a big real yeah, estate guy yeah. like me. <laughs> so we have a few things in common. Um, but anyway. A, Jew, a Jewish real estate guy. A Jewish real a Jewish estate Jewish guy from, from Jersey. Super me too. With, with a last name, K last name. Yeah. Mm. Damn. I'm going to put out my uh, my my fucks with, doesn't fucks with Jersey master list. Oh yeah. In a few weeks. <laughs> I've been inspired by you guys. That's where I'll talk shit is in Jersey. Just um, Jersey. But so he's, so they show this picture yeah, of him yeah. and, uh, the Colin Joe's joke was basically, and this is, but way before Father the Bride, so deep off season for Vampire right. Weekend. Me kind of like being aimless, smoking a lot of weed in LA, just being like, "Yo, do I even still exist?" Kind of shit. <laughs> and, and and so we're sitting like there, Yokio shit. Yeah, so yeah making yeah. Neo Yokio, having an existential crisis, kind of on my weirdo shit. And and then Jared Kushner pops up, and then the joke that Colin Joe makes is is uh basically like. Like, bro, you're going into a war zone, not a vampire weekend concert. <laughs> Damn. Because he was all prepping. Oh, you amazing. hate to see it. Well, and then, so I'm sitting there with like a bunch of friends and stuff, and everybody's just like, ooh, oh, man. <laughs> oh, fuck like, not, and they're just like, fuck him. He's not funny. That's not yeah. cool, bro. And then I was like, I was it's like, on sight. Like, it's on sight for Colin Jost. <laughs> Tell Scar Joe. Drop yeah. a pin, Josty. And I was like, I was like, well, guys, Rock not, I was like, that's not a mean that, joke. Right. And I was like, and then I thought about it. I, I really wasn't offended. They had probably extra protection for me. It's my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> you got that, roasted on that, national That would be really birthday. sad. If and, it sounds, and it sounds like you're in a weird place personally. Yeah. 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 It really sad. It's just like your birthday. And, and you're just like, you had like a nice little birthday party. Like, you guys want to watch Saturday Night Live yeah. together? Yeah. It's like a cute little nerd birthday party. And then just somebody just like sunned. ends you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hit the sack, yeah. gang. No, no, but no anyway, that's about no, it for but, us. No, it's cool. It's cool. You but guys I, should but, say it's no, cool. No, but truthfully, I thought about the joke and I was like, I was like, hey, he probably shouldn't have made that joke because not enough people know who Vampire Weekend is. Facts. But I was like, I was like, you guys don't understand something. The fact that we're the only band associated with a gigantic pillar of American fashion preppiness yeah. is crazy because we're not Bruce Springsteen. We're not Kanye. We're not that famous. And that. When you want to make a joke about somebody wearing a blazer, like the one of the most basic pieces, of, like yeah. and again, you don't have to be rich to wear a blazer on a special occasion. Of any man's wardrobe. The fact that we're the only people that you can even joke, it, it's not a roast. It's like I was like, that's crazy. And this, and also, this is probably 2017. It's like validation. I was like, you. we're in deep off season right now. We haven't put out music in years. Haven't toured in years. I was like, I mean, I was like, on, now we're trending on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I don't think no, we're trending on Twitter. Colin Jost is the only guy that like makes that reference right because he also in and of himself is like well yeah and also and and, and like more of I, a personal indictment of yeah, him yeah. when you actually I, break it down no, and i see him around and he and he's like he's into and he the beat his ass, you know, right no that, yeah well actually the first <laughs> he i needs think to start wearing a flak jacket i saw him here i saw him like maybe a while later and actually and what i the fuck bro yeah and I, I i must have met him on snl before but he it was funny because the when I saw him that it flickered through my mind but again i wasn't mad but then the first thing he was like dude i just read that book uh, meet me in the bathroom you know, which is this book about like yeah, the yeah, no, and Vampire Weekend awesome, shit. He awesome had like book. all these qu- and I was like, he's it, well, yeah, he's. Oh, he's like a fa- he's like a fanboy. I don't want to say he was a fanboy, be- right? Yeah, but, but he was a fanboy. But he was like up on the music and stuff, <laughs> right? He, right. So anyway, the way I thought about it is like we're lucky that we have that. And even when this album came out, I saw a handful of like funny memes that was like that was like 
when when it was announced or something, it was like new Vampire Weekend coming out, and people would just be like, like, get like get shoes. the gangs, get the gang together, and be like, a, like a Ralph Lauren out of like a bunch of dudes <laughs> holding like rowing oars, yeah. just like whoa. And I was thinking like the my dad's a lawyer meme, right? There. Yeah, like, all those guys yeah. and shit squat up. And, and I was kind of thinking like, well, the irony is, is everybody knows that the my dad's a lawyer guys with the pastel yeah, shorts, of course, they listen to Travis Scott, it's, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah which, which of course is no knock on well, Travis Scott. Well, flame, well, flame saved their lives, and they rap along with the N word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they definitely don't self-censor. Nope. But anyway, the, the irony <laughs> is if me. you go to a Vampire Weekend show, you're not actually going to see those dudes. But in a way, because those dudes are in a, in their own way, iconic. Yeah. The fact that we can even be associated with them, I think is a powerful thing. So it's obviously, like if you're if you're a deep Vampire Weekend head and you'd be like, oh, Vampire Weekend boat shoes, they'd be like, actually, those are worse chocos now. Yeah. yeah. Be like, no, thank you for. <laughs> yeah. But at the same nice time, at the, at the same time, the old thing has been like powerful for us. So now I'm old enough to be like, you know what? It's not a bad thing. Right. It's not a bad thing we that we're so, yeah. we're so associated with it's preppiness the economy. And, and also the fact that we, we've been moving away from it for over a decade and it still hangs around. I don't look at that as like a, a bad thing. I'm like, that's a, well, in some ways I'm validated. I'm like, I was right about yeah. boat shoes. Yeah. I was just like a knucklehead college kid. And I was kind of like boat shoes. Called it. Yeah, yeah. Called it. That's how I feel. Yeah. But now 20, 2020, is it the Chacos? Like, how do how yeah. do we describe? Because you're gorped up on camera. How do you describe Ezra Koenig? I'm gorped up on camera. Gorped I mean, up. I, I, I try to be. I try to be like laid back. I try to. I, I hope whatever Chal. I wear, Chal. it doesn't yeah. seem like trying hard. Oh, you don't want to. Right. You, you want. I don't. That's the worst thing, right? Is to be labeled or seen as a try hard. Are you the kind of guy yeah. that puts mad thought into looking like you didn't try, or are you truly like I'm? I'm gonna fucking keep it easy breezy, beautiful. <laughs> when it comes when it comes to clothes, I do. I'll often just go for like stuff that I feel I know I feel comfortable in. The same reason, like I've been wearing this fleece forever, yeah. like, two days for in years. Yeah, for, and and I think to some extent, like when maybe when the fans first saw me wearing it, they were kind of it was a little bit like, oh, I see this because this album is going into uh, this crunchy thing. But then I think I wear it enough that it just feels real. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I think you were pretty immediately in our world at least. You became known as like the fleece god. Yeah, at well, very much also, a time when like fleeces weren't our thing. Can I make a weird flex? Yes, go off, King. I hope, you, I hope they hear okay? this thing. Yes, is it a weird okay. flex, but okay. Yeah. Um, Let's find out. Well, one thing that I felt a little bit is because, you know, I I try not to overthink stuff, but I'm a human being, you know, when we get, get pretty, like a pretty brainy stuff. guy. So yeah. there's a part of me that was kind of like, I know that this next album needs to borrow from the world of my youth, the crunchy East Coast fleece and sandals and wetlands and Grateful Dunkin Dead Donuts. And Dunkin' Donuts, all that shit put in a blender. I knew we needed to grab from that. And then because sometimes it takes a long time to finish an album, I get real like stressed out when I see people doing stuff. There was a while where, because I, we were, were I, made, I decided that the album art was going to be this like kind of simple, goofy earth years and years ago. And then sometime in the lead up to the album, Kanye made the earth his Twitter avatar. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, he did. I really, it was like, yay era. I was so angry. I was just like, Jesus Christ, we're getting scooped. <laughs> and, and then a lot of, it's a lot of like scooped. Yeah. And then, uh, Vibe scoop. we, we might have a leak in the camp. A lot of people <laughs> pointed out that some of his new merch, it's uh, one of the Chris's. It might be one of the Chris's. One of, one of his, some of his new merch, is, he font. made this font that looks like Joker Man. Oh, right. The sun. At, at the very least, everybody. That's knew, the meme. I'm that, the Joker Man. That's king. the meme that started this whole fucking thing because, uh, it says Sunday service in the Joker. I know, and he's drinking an right. Spritz. It's not literally Joker no, Man, but it's, no. close. But it's close. At least, at least I made a. It's, it's crazy in this era. You got to go. You got to. You can't just be like, oh yeah, I posted that once. You got to be like, I'm, I'm up. I'm riding for Joker Man. The fuck? ride or die. Yeah. If you want to talk man, about man. Joker Man, you're talking to me. I'm the guy. 
I'm, I'm Joker man. I'm the Joker man god. Well, so so anyway, yeah, I get stressed out about are we getting scooped? Is something becoming too on the nose? And I definitely felt I felt the disturbance in the force right. of calling me to the the crunchiness of an East Coast '90s youth years ago. And then you're kind of like, and then I start seeing like more grave. I start seeing Migos wearing Grateful Dead shirts, and I'm like, oh, uh, okay, I like I like where things are heading. Yeah. I start seeing more fashion right brands again. using fleece and stuff. All on ceramics. Are you a fan of them? Oh yeah, it's amazing. I mean, they're, do, they're, do you own any? Incredible. Um, I have one. Yes, I have, have you, one. Have long you smoked sleeve. DMT with them? Yeah. No. Free your mind. Out. I know people in common with them. I, uh, yeah, I think what they do is incredible. You know people they smoke DMT with. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Rogan. And in fact, because I was such a fan, when I was trying to come up I with imagery for, for the album, I was try, I really tried to be like, okay, I got to pick something that like online ceramics hasn't like done. Right, really right, 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 for sure. And um, Peace Frog. <laughs> yeah. They, but Big they, dog. They recently dropped some frogs. I'm sure they, look, it's a small world. They, yeah. I'm sure they were doing. Only, they got when, t-shirts to make toads to lick. But, what when, but when, when, when we realized me and shout out to Nick Harwood, Who's uh, we worked together as kind of a creative director on this album. When at some point we were kind of like, we're well, not going not gonna to do Grateful Dead Bears, not going to do Terrapin Station Turtles. Mm. And at some point we we're just like tree frogs. We we're just like looked around. We we're like tree frogs. Give, give me give me tree Trademark, frogs. Yeah. Trademark that because like that was that <laughs> was the right, yeah. that was the right element of that nineties right. rainforest cafe right. culture that nobody that <laughs> yeah, nobody yeah. had like really bet culture big on yet. yet. Yeah, yeah. And I was just Damn. like. Get me tree frog on the left. Call the Amazon now. Yeah. You gentrified um, it. Yeah. And then it, <laughs> gent, gent, gentrifying the rainforest frog. cafe. But yeah. So anyway, with all, Cherry that, Hill, you know, New Jersey. with all that, with all that stuff, you know, well, the, you, you, but so anyway, I, I was worried that people were going to think that, Oh, like, okay, because it's us back in fashion. And then I was like, but you know what people are going to recognize is that I wore a vintage Patagonia fleece on the late show in 2009 when we played white sky before contra came out damn and then i was no, you it, have the receipts we have the receipts but no then i looked around it's really hard to find the receipts because it was oh. the, it was that brief window do you remember there was this whole thing that conan hosted the late show For like a week and then they like yeah. jay leno came back from the grave all this crazy shit so we were to whatever cloud somewhere whatever show we played on doesn't exist anymore mm. i think it might have been the conan oh. late show that, hap- that happened to us with uh fashion bros yeah our old YouTube show you don't had. remember who introduced you on the late show it's all blur I think it was I'm pretty sure it was the Conan Late Show because it was very brief it was yeah and so we did a, a kind of cool version of uh, White Sky and we had the uh, string section everybody's wearing Bajas and I and I stood there it's very rare for me I didn't have my guitar and I stood there holding a mic and I was wearing a red Patagonia That's pullover fleece security blanket because you didn't have the, yeah, the axe a, and I, I looked it up and because there's a screenshot that Found maybe might have, I couldn't find the video. There's a, sc- a screenshot of at least like a blurry screenshot that might've been, on upscale you know, hype. I being your fit. Or maybe like, maybe like stereo <laughs> gum posted about it. Right, right, right. So I did find a picture, but I was a little bit like, and I was actually, and I found a old tweet from around the same era where I wrote just wearing Patagonia, watching chariots of fire. <laughs> I posted that on Instagram, you know, huge vibe. And so anyway, with all that stuff, I was kind of like, I look, I don't, I don't mind dovetailing with a trend, right? but it would have hurt my feelings if people were like, Oh, okay. Mr. Boat shoes. <laughs> now that, uh, now that everybody's making fleece to jump it on the bandwagon, you right. know, I need that would to hurt your feelings. That would hurt my feelings. You know, who probably has access to the, uh, NBC archives. Colin Jost. Yeah. You might have to bury the hatchet once and for all yeah. to get Jost. the tapes. Jost. Jost, get me those tapes, Jost. Fucking Jost, leak, you leak the tapes, Jost. You ruined my 30-second birthday. <laughs> Jost, you son of a bitch. Make this right. Get me the tapes. 
Um, who, in your opinion, though, are the best dressed musicians yeah. out right now? Who do you take your cues from? Or maybe how about or no, this? no, no, not even like take right. inspiration. Well, because with all this stuff, you got to be yourself, so you can't exactly. always take cues from somebody. Yeah. Right? Okay, um, fair. You know, I'll give you one that uh, I was surprised by, because you know, Vampire Weekend, we we don't really like fit any one place. So we, you know, we we often find ourselves in various situations where at, maybe at a certain festival, we're like with the indie crowd or something. And then recently we played a, a radio show. It's more of like a modern rock, alt rock radio show where we're kind of with a different group of bands. And so one of them was Cage the Elephant, who I always knew the name and I know that they're a big band, but they're not quite, it didn't really, I don't really know anybody in common with them or something. And, and so it was kind of being at a radio show was like this first time that we were like sharing a bill or something Mm -hmm. and they were on right before us. So I'm in, I actually couldn't hear the music because I was warming up doing my vocal exercises. So I needed to be quiet. Can you, can you you give us an example? Yeah, sure. Well, this is, you always start with the lip drill. This slaps it. Go up and down. But you know, that really, yeah, yeah, yeah. We sample that. (laughs) Um, New theme song. So I'm sitting there and the TV's on and I'm like, Cage the Elephant. I was like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't even even know what impression I had of them. I I knew they were successful. Sounds like a rapper. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't there another? Well, there's a rapper named Cage. Right. Sans elephant. the elephant. And there's also another guy, the elephant. No, I don't know. Shia LaBeouf. There's, there's elephant, man. Yeah, Wait, elephant Shia LaBeouf man. and Cage the Rapper have some type of connection as well. I think he might have directed a music video Cage, for him anyway. Cage the Buff. Yeah. <laughs> Cage um, the Beef. But anyway, I was... Nice. So, then, um, so I'm watching with the sound off because yeah. there's like a feed in just the... Because their music sucks, obviously. No, no. because I <laughs> Just because I was warming up. And then and I see the dude and I'm like, whoa, this guy's got sick fucking fit. moves. And then he actually did have a sick fit. He was wearing like a mask at first. And then at some point, then I'm like doing my thing, warming up. And then I look up again. And now he's just like full Axl Rose, like full shirt off, real tight, Damn. real tight, wiry, muscular body. He's in his diesel face. And he's wearing yeah. like uh, bicycle shorts, basically. <laughs> okay. And kind of, almost, it's like a Mick Jagger, Axl Rose how's, thing. Uh, how's the hog looking? Yeah. Uh, Robust? It, it, was, uh, it was black and white. I couldn't, <laughs> they were, I, I couldn't tell. Not an HD TV. Based on based on his I confidence, see that hog in 4K. His, based on his confidence level, he clearly felt good about his body. Yeah, for real, um, girthy hog. Yeah, but uh, and I was looking at him like moving around like old school rock star shit, and I and just the fact that he's wearing these kind of like athletic, yeah, bicycle shorts thing with his shirt off. It's some, and I was kind of like the, whatever. I was taking it in in an impressionistic fashion, just like looking <laughs> okay. up here and there, and then I was like, and then afterwards we were talking about it, and I was like, I was like, this guy's incredible. <laughs> like yeah. this guy's. Like the sky fit fucks. was on point. Sky fucks. So anyway, I gotta say, like that was very recently. So I, I that really like struck me. I was like, this guy looks fucking what you, cool. What do you think about like uh, you know something? I think that we all notice in this day and age is that uh, especially for new artists, they need a look, right? They need right. a fucking either to fit a pre-existing image or to make their own shit. Like this guy Orville Peck. Oh, he's got the mask. Him, the mask yeah. with like the frayed shit, or like it's a just good like look. yeah, yeah, or just like. Even like Lil Nas X or Billie Eilish, right? Like they have a very unique thing going for yeah. themselves. Like, what do you think of that? Because you guys didn't really need that since you have so much history. Right. I, but I relate to it I, because in, in a, even though not every, it, maybe it was didn't feel as necessary back then, I did have this feeling. It's like, no, I no, need, there can't be a t-shirt because we have right, a very yeah. specific look. And I do think it makes you more memorable. It also opens you up to a little more criticism, but it's, it's absolutely worth it. So, I, you know, I understand it. What kind of related? Who are the worst dress musicians right now? <laughs> Um, or maybe people that or like the costumes that they have see. to wear people that focus maybe too much on that and maybe like the music suffers oh, I was going to start naming just like random old guys just like <laughs> David Crosby dresses like shit <laughs> um, fucking loser worst dress me I'm not going to name names that's, that's too, that's too right, mean that's but I will say that I do think it gets tricky after 30 mm. where it's like how can you do something that 
is memorable, has vibe, but doesn't look like the uh, you know the forty the forty year old head to toe supreme guy waiting outside with the The how do you do fellow kid guy? Yes, exactly. The answer is you wear fleece. Yeah, fleece. uh, Thank God for this fleece in the sweet spot. Uh, Best dressed celebs though, outside of just musicians. Who you looking at? You're just like that guy or gal. Yeah, or gal. Great fucking dresser. Mm. Big drip. And I have some potential th- names to throw out there too. You throw out some names. Jog my memory. The Olsen twins. Oh, they're, they're iconic. They're legends. Did Mary Kay really tell you your Ray Bands were off brand? Uh, no. I. So you I, never met Sarkozy either? I never met Sarkozy. Lies! Well, I have. You never I have, moved to Monaco? No, but I have. God I, damn it! I, I have met, um, some of the Olsen twins. You have spit in the ocean. I, I have spit in the ocean. So I've met some of them. Some um, of them? You mean either one or two? <laughs> Elizabeth? Does she count? We're, she's not no. talking about the sisters. We're talking about the sisters. There's, or? Five, there's five or six Olsen twins. That you that we that we know about. Yeah. So I've met some of them. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say I have a close relationship or anything. I feel like maybe somebody told me that one of them sold somebody that they somehow maybe heard the song and were just like, Oh, what's, really? What's that about? What that's, that's such a like, random, that's such a deep cut. Like, because it's not on a record or anything. And I certainly have like, been in situations where I saw the couple together, mm. so you know, it made an impression. You on Sarkozy's me. hand, yeah, Damn. yeah. No, that was a that was a it was a, a slight flight of fancy, right? Although I mean, it paints a I mental picture because when I listen, and I listen to the verse, I'm, I yeah. got it all playing in my and head I, like I've a been movie. In, I really, I also felt like I wasn't being like totally fronting because I, I felt like I'd been in comparable situations. Yeah. So you know, well, what do you think enough. of Drake's style? <laughs> I think um, I, I feel like recently I had a conversation Excuse with somebody me, where, big where yes. somebody where somebody was like, "Oh, Drake dresses like shit" or something, and I was like, "That that wow. album cover, I think it's the second album where he's he has like the golden goblet, and he's Take wearing care. like a the and he's all sweater. Yeah, that was a great look. It's fire. Well, he's like a fake mafioso because he's in his like Brioni and his turtlenecks, and his, it's awesome. I love it personally. Uh, yeah, I like who else? Uh, Timothée Chalamet. Ooh, Timothée. Oh well, he's. I've seen pictures of him just wearing like kind of out there fashion stuff. I kind of he's taking you know, risks. It may, the, may, the he's, ta- Ackerman. he's taking risks, and that's cool. It's part of his brand. But now, th- there's a part of me that feels like, uh, you know, maybe just because I'm older, I'm just kind of like, if you're under thirty, so who cares? You, you, you can, do you, whatever. You can wear anything. It. You're a young person, so you're jealous of his waifish twinkness. No, not jealous because I know that uh, the devouring tooth of time oh. comes for all men. Uh, <laughs> Maybe not him though. You're just like, oh, you'll see one no, day. But, you no, son but think of a about bitch. it. That metabolism is going to slow you, down. You could be a great looking actor and stay fit. Sure. But even Brad Pitt's got to think about like how how not to clown himself because he has to look dignified. Well, you know? he should stop wearing that fucking hat. And he then. is now the new brand ambassador of Brioni. Speaking of Brioni, okay, that's the new. That's the they just signed his ass. That's not bad. What about um, Harry Styles in the full Gucci head to toe and the fact that he has a relationship with the brand and the designer Alessandro Michele to like make that stuff for him. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's like a real. I mean, he's got work, big, it's like a working relationship. Like he's a muse. Yeah, he's always seemed like a cool guy. We've we've exchanged words here and there. Super nice. Uh, Have you heard his new album that came um, out last month? Pitchfork gave it a six Really? Yeah. yeah. They they. Right. I think he's been getting better reviews from other people, but he's not hitting Vampire Weekend numbers on Pitchfork. Well, they're, right yeah, they're not gonna <laughs> love that album. Uh, I, I, I that sounds well. At least they knew better. You know, when they were when they're really knives out, it's. They go below five. Knives out in theaters now. <laughs> this, or, may, is maybe. This, or is it? Maybe. Or is it? We don't know this what it is. Uh, we don't know what it is. Out. Maybe, but uh, I haven't. I haven't heard. I heard the singles and I thought they were cool. I haven't heard the whole album, but I will say that I saw the album cover, which is a kind of circular mm-hmm, fish, fish eye, eye thing, where he's mm. wearing these like highway pants, Gucci. and I was like, I was like, he looks fucking great. Yeah, he does. The big that, pants. When you really huge look, pants. And when you really think about how out there that that look is, that fit is, 
I was like, he fucking pulls this off and it's like the, there's a lot of energy in the picture, you know? And I was kind of like, that looks great. Yeah. So yeah, if you think Agreed. he's, in, he in, in general, I mean, we've been throwing celebrities and we've yeah. been kind of like talking about this, you know, celebrity uh, tier of existence for a minute now. But do you, in general, do you prefer hanging out with celebrities or gen pop? Or podcasters. Oh, gen pop is just, yeah. Just, just like citizens. Just regular people. Yeah. The pro, just proletarians. Normies. Yeah. yeah. Pedestrians. Normals. Um, it all depends. Normies. It, it all depends. I think, um, I think in this day and age that obviously the line between gen pop and celebrity is blurred quite a bit because the, it used to be that the concerns of the celebrity, such as the personal brand only existed <laughs> in the realm of the celebrity. And yet today, and yet today there's somebody with somebody with as few as 15 Twitter followers <laughs> may find themselves concerned with the personal brand. So in a way I do think the, what probably used to be a really hard line where it's kind of like, um, poor. Oh, oh my God, you're, you're a celebrity. I can't even imagine what that's like. Yeah. It's like, no, no you, you can. can because hit TikTok one you, time. You've had weird strangers talk shit to you. Yeah. You've gotten in fights with people about something you said that Your got taken out trash. of context. Yeah. yeah, even like yeah, this tweet you're, sucks. Your your SoundCloud with thirty <laughs> streams. One of the comments, which is a random person being like, "Give up, you suck." Every, <laughs> kill, so actually, kill yourself. I feel like yeah. everybody's had a taste of similar things. So in a way, I feel like, I mean, yeah, it sounds like kind of basic, but it's like. We're it's all about, the same. We're all we're all humans, man. We're all the same, and and I truly can say that I've I've met very famous people who were mellower and you know to use a cliche down to earth than random ass kids I went to college with. You know, like sure, so, fucking torqued up Columbia kids. Uh, yeah, it's an uptown blow. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's, there's definitely a bit of that. So well, what, fentanyl I, on that guy. I don't. Yeah. I definitely don't. I definitely don't have a a preference. But I, I I will say that in in a you know it's like in a balanced diet you need both. What uh celebrities can you help get us on the podcast? Ooh yeah. Because um, you know they say a text from Ezra changes everything. It it could. I, I mean, don't know who do you, people say. Who that. do you want to get? Uh, ASAP Rocky. I don't know him. Know him. I met a- I met him once. ASAP Ferg. <laughs> Again, I don't know. ASAP Nast. I've met everybody. <laughs> no, I've met I've met everybody ASAP once. <laughs> I've met everybody once, but I don't I don't well, know. Well, you tell us. We'll, you, we'll we'll have this conversation off mic. Okay. Um, you know, so we so Lawrence already mentioned we talked about down for so long a little bit, but best. look, Thank you're helping us by coming on this podcast. We want to help you. Um, you know, summer 2014, shmoney dancing with some goth teens. Will you sign our petition that we've started to make this the national anthem? Yeah, down for so long. Just that single bar. <laughs> the line about 2014 just yeah. like well actually uh, now uh now that we're in 2020 we can't like um tweak that bar to fit the current year anymore true so i'm trying to do it for every team yeah it could have been right damn um it was underutilized absolutely. i, I yep. gotta say i really appreciate you guys riding hard for that song that it's not not my best known song it's not mcconan's best known song it's not despot's best known Club song. going up but it, what uh, is despot's best known song what do you say I mean, Power? House Danny of, Brown. Well, this song "House of Brick." I mean, a lot mm. of people probably know him. Well, that's a, that's an official Despot song. I feel like probably the Gen Pop might know him best from being on like a, a "Run the Jewels" remix or something. Okay. Well, it all depends because you know, also he was a young dude putting out singles on Def Jux back in the right. day. So, depending how old you are, you probably have a different. Entry I know him as the owner of a uh, Santeria Party House, whatever it's called. Santos, Santos, Santos Party House. House. Yeah. R.I.P. We went to ASAP yeah. Rocky's first show at Santos Party. Yeah, I got punched in the face. Oh yeah, actually, he got punched. That's why I probably booked that. I'm yeah. sure he did. Sure he did. Um, yeah, down for so long. Second best song of every year since it came out. Uh, and then the first song is a "Teenage Dirtbag" by Weedis. By Weedis, yeah. yeah, great song. 
What do you, no what, do you what do you think of Weed as Teenage Dirtbag? That's the theme song. That's your theme song. Yeah, I yeah. knew that. And we have Brendan Brown on the show, and he did a uh, a custom version for us. But is that an eternal slap for you, like it is for us? <laughs> I I appreciate that song. I feel like I kind of went. When did that drop? Ninety nine or something. Ninety nine. Yeah. It's the twenty. It was the twenty year anniversary last year. Yeah. yeah. That was a time when I was, I was a little bit tapped. I mean, of course I knew what was going on, but at 99, I was 15. So I was definitely a, a little tapped out on mainstream stuff. Cause I was kind of finding my voice as a, as a fan of more obscure stuff. But <laughs> looking back and I hear weed is teenage dirtbag. And I'm like, I, I, I really love that that song has had this afterlife for, for us. That's actually a eternal go-to karaoke slap. Yep. What's your go-to oh, yeah. karaoke song? Oh yeah. <laughs> for a long time, it was, uh, I would just Ramrod? do uh, sweet. <laughs> I would just do sweet Caroline. Really? Damn, bum, dude. Bum, bum. You're yeah. better than that. I know because, but I really like that song. I mean, if you do it in Boston, it's real basic because I mean, that's on, like yeah. you know. Yeah. But speaking of you know, pandering, but let, you know, Christ. let's say let's say you're in Seoul, Korea. <laughs> What's they, they do karaoke out there? Uh, you know, they you love drop, karaoke. You drop Big Yoki fans. You drop yeah. a sweet Caroline out there. You know, it's hitting different. So again, yeah. you you play to the crowd. Yeah, I play to the crowd. You ever do a Vampire Weekend song at karaoke? No, but they do exist. It's always like really random which ones really? pop up. Yeah. Um, no, I've never done a Vampire Weekend song. Um, I did uh, once. I did uh, KD Elephant. <laughs> I, I did um, um, Robin Dancer. I did Chop Suey by System Ooh, of a Down. I did that. Yes. I did that with Post Malone in Tokyo. Back up. Really? Very. Wow. Now that's a huge flex. Yes, and I it's about the Armenian flex. genocide. Yeah, you hate yeah. to see it. And actually, his whole crew—it's weird so that you guys weird. were celebrating that at karaoke. We weren't celebrating it. <laughs> you were bringing awareness to it. I mean, yeah. I said everybody put down your drinks. <laughs> put you put your lighter up. Yeah, put your lighters up. Kim Kardashian asked me to bring awareness to the Armenian genocide, and so we're going to sing a little song by to- or System of Down called Toxicity. I mean, I think what, what happened? Did the the Senate finally vote to recognize it or something? Yeah, something yes. like that. Yeah. Quit playing politics with the Armenian genocide people. That's that's real shit. <laughs> yeah, for real. Especially for real. out in LA, you see a lot of that stuff. Like it's been over a hundred years now, still not getting damn. Um, I want to ask you about this, Ezra. You told Pitchfork, quote, man, I'm not really good at putting together outfits. First off, you're fucking wrong, you stylish bastard. Secondly, thank you. Do you remember when Lawrence brought you to your first ever fashion show in 2014? Oh yeah. What was that? Michael Bastion. What's up with Michael Bastion? We had one of his, we had his ex deputy creative director on the podcast and yeah, he missed, he had a window and he had a moment amongst many American designers at the time and they kind of blew it. And the only one that came out of it was Tom Brown. I don't know if you're a Tom Brown fan, but no, I mean, well, Tom Brown, the Japanese put the juice into that business because he was close to bankruptcy. They came in and then went nuclear. Tom Brown seems cool. I I don't think I could pull it off. Do you remember Lawrence though, taking like a company? Have you been to a fashion show since then? Because this was 2014. Shmoney dancing. I, I, I was the yeah. I was the goth teen you were shmoney dancing That's with all right. along. No, Give you me were, my royalties. You were the motherfucker leaking nudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, there's a line on that song about front row at the Michael Bastion show. <laughs> I, no, I that show is notable about two things. One, I uh, was sitting and, front and, row because this was a flex for me at the yeah, time. Yeah. I had DM'd you on you know on uh, Twitter and we said I was gonna. I think I had a uh, illusion, grand illusions of writing an article about it for Complex or for because that's where you were working at yeah. the time. And then but, you were like, eh, that requires no, work. Exactly. But we went to that. the show and we're like milling around. And I remember this, but Mark Anthony Green and Will Welch. Of GQ, oh yeah, yeah, right. Friends of the show 
um, you know, people we consider peers and friends. I remember mm. they came in and then they kind of like, and then I was like, kind of bogarted you. Yeah, get pushed oh. out of the conversation. You guys were talking about like shit yeah. that I was above my pay grade or whatever. Japanese right. And then the second thing is when we got our picture taken, because we were sitting front row by yeah. BFA, it was me, you, and then Wolf. Our friend Jake Wolf is in the picture. So I don't even have a picture just with you that oh, I can yeah, flex Jake, on social yeah, media. Jake Wolf. Jake Wolf. Yeah, yeah, I know that. So anyway, that's if you Google. This, this sounds like it could this. be a Safety Brothers movie. I mean, dude. Ooh. A young up and coming complex writer, 2014, <sighs> Damn. promises to bring a dude from an indie band to the Michael <laughs> yeah. Bastion show, yeah. but he's making promises all over town that he can't keep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the clock's ticking. <laughs> Bobby Schmurda's there. Will, <laughs> Will Welch from GQ is coming God. in. Yeah. Bobby yeah. Schmurda's not in prison. Yeah. <laughs> he was free at the time. Yeah. That's true. That was five years ago, yeah. um, 2014. You are, you're now 35 and you look amazing, my friend. Oh, thank uh, you. You're like the white Pharrell. Yeah. You don't age. The white Jewish Pharrell. Drop, drop the skincare right now, sis. I, it's not much of a routine. I, I I use the pink lubriderm on my face after a shower. Is nice. that the six in one you use on your balls, your ass, and your face? All I know is that all I know car? is that there's it's got a the pump. old spice collab. It's got a pump. I don't really feel the need. <laughs> Damn, I'm in pumping in the shower. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel the need to use it over my whole body because I just don't get like that. Do you wash out, your legs? Yeah, in the shower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> big, big, big Twitter debate. People, people don't, don't wash their legs. <laughs> yeah, fucking idiot, like dirty leg people. Yeah, oh, damn, Chuck, do you wash your legs? Hell yeah! <laughs> All right, good. Twice. <laughs> leg wash. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag leg wash gang. Um, I uh, all I know is that that. That it's simple, feels good on my skin, makes me yeah. not feel dry. If I don't use it, I feel dry. And once or twice when I've been out of town or something and I have to go to CVS because I don't have the right kind of lotion, if I get the blue one, mm. I don't feel as good. Interesting. Gotta, get, gotta go pink. Gotta, gotta go, go pink. pink. Pink gang. Um, yeah, so that's that's it. And and I think I as I as I look into my five year plan, I gotta step up the skincare because yeah, you know. Maybe more sunscreen. Mm, oh, that's right. You mentioned that. Yeah, that's a big one for sure. More hats. Yeah. Sunscreen and hats and Burks. Um, currently 2020, maybe this month, maybe it was last month. I don't know. But Father Father of the Bride nominated for album of the year. Oh, the yeah. Grammys. You're going up against Lil Nas X, Lizzo, Bon Iver, Ariana Grande, Lana Del Rey, Billie Eilish, and her. How confident are you that you're going to win? Yeah. Well, I got a buddy who likes to gamble. Mm. Ooh. What are your odds right now? He said 62 to one. That's the, that's the Vegas And who's odds. the, who's, who's the, who's the uh, front runner? runner? Yeah. He's got think, the best odds. I think it might've been Billie Eilish. What's she at? Damn. But I don't know. I got to ask him. Um, but he said a 62 to one was the Vegas. Odds and he put some money on you guys. Do you believe in the that? boys? Uh, yeah, he put some money down. I, um, well, here's the thing. You better try to air this before the Grammys. Oh, facts. Um, yeah. but I, uh, I think with the Grammys, you really never know because it's people. Don't what are ha- these old white people feeling this year? Yeah. People we don't, don't know. Well, and they, yeah. What does the Grammy voting body actually look like? Because theoretically, all you need to do is have performed on a few, three or four albums to vote in the Grammys. Mm. So, if you really got everybody who'd been part of American music, it should be a diverse group in terms of race, age range, gender. But who knows who's actually signed up? And then also, I think because of the Grammys, it's not like people like we feel like we got a feel for politics because we know how much we know the the popular vote and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not like every year they're like, and the winner is Billie Eilish, and then you're kind of like, oh wow, the Ariana Grande Lana Del Rey vote got split. You, yeah, like, right. you don't have that information. So so when you look at it, it's all over. It's like when you're Adele one, people are like yeah, it's because they love Adele, and then one year it's like Steely Dan one, and you're kind of like, 
Well, it's because those old guys love Steely Dan and the other five things cancel each other. It's yeah. it's a little the, the math is a, a little complex. Um, so who, generally, who are you going uh, who are you going head to head with here? Well, well, I, think, well yeah, I think the smart money says that Vampire Weekend and Boney Vera would split the indie vote. Sure, but we actually appeal to very different crowds. Yeah. <laughs> um, I you don't name your Tesla Johnny Tesla or whatever the fuck he did. Oh. Uh, he names his Tesla. Oh, John yeah. Tesla. John Tesla. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that is something I might do. That's yeah, a that's is, a pretty but, white pun. But that but he owns that now. Um, <laughs> and uh, shout out to Justin. Um, I I have no idea what our odds are. And the truth is, I've had people say to me like uh, people writing for us in the music industry, like I think you got a shot <laughs> because I think I think even though it's really stacked, you know. There are people, you know, the type of person who might vote for Billy Eilish also might vote for Lizzo, also might vote because there's the type of people I think want to vote for the all these people have made tremendous work. But they, there's a, somebody who wants to vote for something that also has like the most commercial appeal. Sure. Sometimes that happens. So people are like, I think the vote could get split in such a way that you guys take it home. And then I was kind of like, uh then then I started picturing like being up there in a vote split scenario and kind of. Think about how passionately getting food, tomatoes thrown yeah, at you. Think about how passionately people feel about those other artists. I was kind of arguing about it with I was being a little devil's advocate, but like with some people I work with who obviously would love it if I probably can want of course. it. And I was like, That's a big is that, payday for them. I was like, is that a good thing? And they were like, Of course it's a good thing. And I was like, hold on. <laughs> Picture the Lana Del Rey fans. That was clearly the critics pick this year. So they're gonna be a lot of just like corner. Yeah. Yeah. And then fucking Venice. And then bitch. think about how hardcore the Ariana Grande and oh, Billie Eilish be, fans are and to stuff. Stay off social media because you'd be getting fucking dragged. Yeah. So I'm I was kind of like picturing myself going up there and being like, ah, seems like a double edged yeah. sword. Do do things like the Grammys even matter to you? Like you've you've won one, right? You have one? Yeah. Have you ever taken a shot out of it a la Jay Z or Drake? No, I don't even. It's at my parents' house. I don't. I don't have it. Have you think they've taken a shot, shot out of it? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. You could smoke weed out um, of it, maybe. I, yeah, that could be cool to figure out. I think. Um, I think it, it's cool that Vampire Weekend has one Grammy under our belt. Now, I guess here's the thing: we didn't get nominated on the first album. Second album, we got nominated and lost. Mm. And then you kind of roll up to something and lose the one thing you're nominated for, and you're kind of like, you walk away. You walk up being like, "Oh, this is funny and weird. We're here." And then yeah. you walk away being like. It would have been better to win that than to, than to lose it. Yeah, for sure. And then the third album we won. That was cool. And then at least on this album, we finally got nominated in a big category. Album of the year. In yeah. a TV category. Everything else is bef- is not on right. TV. Oh, right. So, That's right. So rock you, music, who cares? Yeah. So the alternative. When, when you go oh. to Best Alternative, you're in this room where Pre, people- Pre-show. The lights are on. People are milling around. You, System of a Down. <laughs> it, it's super <laughs> random. I mean, actually, machine. we're nominated for Best Rock Make Song biscuit. this year. And it's like us, the 1975 Tool- <laughs> It's all over the place. Um, But so it's validating to some extent. And it's kind of amazed me since we won that one Grammy, how often I would just see some like little thing about us, like Grammy, not Grammy winning band coming to town. I was like, oh, shit, I guess it's more even more than I thought. Your your fucking rate your feature rate just went yeah. up. I'll tell you that much. Your walkthrough, your walkthrough fee for the club. Maybe a little bit, but I, I do feel like uh, I think I got one. And also my girlfriend got has one. So, oh shit! She Grammy? won. She won, one, she won a Grammy. This is a gra- for, the Grammy family, dude. We got a Grammy family. So she she won one for this film she directed, uh, a documentary she made about her dad called Quincy. So I was like, you know, that's cool. Who had it first? I I had it first. Okay, that was close. But I was kind of <laughs> like, you know, if I we're think, two uh, Grammy household. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's did you see? Good. Did you see the fit that Lizzo wore to the Lakers game? With her ass out, with cheeks out. She was dressed like Rashiki. Vampire cheeks out. Yeah. She was dressed like Rashiki, right? It was a big old black T-shirt with the ass cut out, and she was wearing a thong. And then she was like twerking and shit. Wait. Oh, I didn't actually. You didn't see this. I, 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 saw, I saw something about. I thought maybe. 
Yeah, I, I I didn't I didn't go deep. I thought maybe she would just kind of like moon the crowd. No, no that no, her no, there's no. her shirt has a anyone who is behind her for that ass. Yeah, but yeah. so when when she was sitting on the chair, it was butt cheek to chair contact. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. They had to well, burn those after the game. I <laughs> yeah. guess Jack I guess, Nicholson bought it. <laughs> I guess I could understand from the point like if you owned a restaurant or something. Maybe the the <laughs> pro, I guess I, I'd actually be curious. Like LA, why don't you wear that fit to the Grammys? Yeah, do you know your Grammy fit? That would like Howard Stern ass man. Yeah, ass man. Um, or Rick I've Owens. Been th- I've been out. thinking about the, the Grammy man. fit. Yeah. The first time I went to the Grammys, got a little like stylisted mm. out, and I was like wearing like a. No, I didn't go crazy, but I was wearing like some like jacket, like Dior or something. Sure. And then after that, I was like, you know what? We like we're we, going to fleece. It's goofy. So the second time, I just wore a sweater. And this time, I would love to take it down even one notch further. Black tie fleece. Maybe black tie fleece, but I got to see. Black 97s. Yeah, I got to see what everybody else wants to wear and stuff. But I want to. Oh, you think it should be a vibe as a band? I think you guys go full head to toe LV. Well, I think. Stop by Virgil's holsters and shit. It would definitely be weird if somebody's wearing a suit. Yeah. Got to match your date, all those things. But yeah, I. Wear some casual. Some triple beams. Yeah, some triple beams, dude. (laughs) Or. Might be time to bust out the beams. Wear some of our brand new podcast merch. Yeah. Well, I do kind of. And then then if we won, then I I could just try to kind of change the conversation because yeah. everybody's like why the fuck didn't my artist win and i'll just be up there just got like guys triple beams are back yeah right <laughs> i'm cool i'm cool or custom big dogs tux. Wh- whoever you wanted to win i think we can agree on one thing <laughs> yeah. the triple beams are back <laughs> yeah, baby. baby get a- i look cool in my new cool <laughs> shoes bring a great dane onto the red carpet with you on a leash like a or whatever the big dog dog actually is whatever that breed. oh it's a breed i think it's a great uh, day no with the beer barrel yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it kind of looks like yeah, it's a like Saint Bernard. Big, a Saint, Saint Bernard. It's like, it's like Saint Beethoven. Bernard. Beethoven. Yeah, Beethoven. Yeah. Um. Well, Ezra, listen. We recently went indie. Um. Father of the Bride was actually your first album released on a major label. What was the biggest difference you noticed in like just how the album release or whatever was treated between a major and an indie? If I'm honest, I didn't perceive a difference and, at all. But you also got to understand something when. When you when you on your Rip Van Winkle shit like <laughs> me, and the, you release a record in 2013, and then you wake up and release one in 2019. Again, no wrinkles though. Yeah, no you're wrinkles. White, you're the white Ferrari. No, because I, I was sleeping. Rip Van, no wrinkles. I was sleeping. But yeah. when <laughs> when when you a good scene when, when you take a step away from the music industry for that long between 2013 and 2019. Indies versus majors is literally the last thing you're thinking of. You're just, just like, what like, the fuck is Spotify? Yeah, yeah. There's so many differences then. And even just kind of like, how do you sell records? Does anybody still buy physical no. iTunes? What's happened with the iTunes store? Yeah. Like that's just about Trash. to shut down. So anyway, I, the questions I had didn't have that much to do with uh, indie versus major. And I think a lot of the questions that you, or a lot of the issues that used to really divide them are not really as relevant in 2019. That's so fair. it was kind of like, can, are there people at the label that I can kind of bro down with and talk about music with? Sure. Yeah, it was kind of as simple as that. Just to get like more money out of them. <laughs> Bigger budgets to rent yeah. out Z-Bars. I did Jonah for a third time. <laughs> yeah, although, you know, in some ways it's like, I don't know. What's Jonah's directing fee? Oh, I, I I don't know. I got to assume he did it for love of the game. The homie deal? That'd be crazy if like two years later I look at the budget and it's just like $1.5 <laughs> It's million. like, fuck, I haven't You're recouped like, yet. <laughs> I haven't recouped Jonah's video. Yeah. yeah. Got to make more albums. Like, dude, I'm a major Hollywood actor. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, right. How much do you think this shit costs? Come on, bro. Ezra, what I want to hit, you, I hit mm. you with a quick vibe check. Sure. What's the ideal vibe within which to consume Ooh. Vampire Weekend music? Um, Where where are we sitting? What are we smoking? Bath dub. I guess, I, I guess it Some depends push. It depends on the album, but I, I always right, like Father the idea. The All right, Father of the Bride. I will, I will say. Vibe out everyone? Well, think about this. Oh, you know, you know what I said about how I felt weird about the the 
oh, is Kanye still on the earth from us? <laughs> That's how twisted you get as an artist is you're like, wait. He this motherfucker stole yeah. the world. He heard about the earth too. He stole the world. Wait, who's telling other people about the earth? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah. So whatever. You get <laughs> so up your, you I get, saw the fucker discover the solar system. You get so up your I own. Smell ass, a rat. You can be like, yeah. you can be like, huh? You a rat or you? I, a did, I did see Virgil put it on a sweater, and I was kind of like, wait, what's going on? Damn, dude. Now Kanye told Virgil about the earth. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I know it's one of the Chris's. <laughs> who's gonna be next? Chris Rob Kardashian. Yeah, man. I just like sit down the whole man and the whole team, and I'm like, we're not leaving this fucking room until I find out which one he's talking about the earth. Who here likes cheese? Um, but so even before then, so <laughs> this check, is, even check, before this is, and of course, of course he probably doesn't even know this happened or cares, but before there was anything called Sunday service, we, when we were talking about vampire weekend coming back and what we were going to do the, you know, and I'm kind of just rattling off ideas. Like when I'm thinking, what does this album represent? Well, how does it feel? And because we had to, we had to reintroduce the live band just cause we had some live commitments almost a full year before the album. And so I'm thinking like, uh, it's better to introduce yourself with music, but we're going to go play the old music with a new group of people and a new look. So, you know, we got to do this right. Maybe seed some ideas. Right, right, right. Uh, and so people are like, well, what do you want to do? And, and I and I said, you know what? You know what I think would be tight? All these shows you play late in some disgusting place that smells like stale beer. I was like, this this album is about like a new day. There's like a freshness it's crunchy, but it's clean. Mm, you know, that's why that's why the album cover not stepped on. That's why the album cover is not the real Earth in a photo. It's like this idealized Earth with a white background. It's like almost like a futuristic, sure. crunchy America thing. front and center. That's right. Yeah. Except on the Japanese edition, we made Japan. Oh, clever! Very that, cool. That's Very a cool. CD grab. That's cool. representation. That's right. Very cool. And um, and so anyway, when people were like, "Well, well, how do you think this affects the live show?" And of course, we thought about how many people should be on stage, and even just fun stuff like double drummers. It's fun. It's more musical. And I was like, "We should be doing. We should do a morning show tour <laughs> because our music." And it was a point of pride when you start as a band. You got a and you're on festival bills. We used to joke. We didn't make it behind like the 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 curtain of nightfall right, right. on the first record you're Day playing stage. You're, 3 PM. sometimes you're playing in blazing hot imagine what you know coachella gets cold at night or something so imagine all you're, people passing out off their molly yeah <laughs> and so bright they haven't even so, taken molly yet yeah, right. it's too early in the morning so, so, it's 11 a lot of, so imagine imagine you're really starting out you're still getting those noon one 1 p.m slots yeah so obviously there's less people on site but even beyond that it can just be a vibe killer imagining you're imagine you're some band that dresses all in black at night that looks pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Now we see you like now we see you all like sweaty and shit. Yeah, and we see yeah. all like we can really clearly see all the lint on your black clothes. Yeah. It's just like a bad look. Some music doesn't work. But I always had this feeling when people would be like, Oh man, was that like tough in the early days? I was like, No, what's cool is that Vampire Weekend, yeah, we can hold it. We could headline a festival. We've done a few. We can, Fuck be, yeah. we can come out big, whatever. I was like, but you know what? When people came and caught us in that early afternoon slot on the first album at various festivals, it's like it felt good too. Because our music doesn't Sunshine, our, music, our music doesn't happiness. need to hide behind darkness yeah. which to be fair so so much of music is like if you have like any kind of seemingly happy or carefree whimsical vibe it doesn't fit the a certain type of vision of serious music right so i was like i was also looking for a kind of like well you know here's one place where we can uh <laughs> we can do things that other people can't do we can play in the sunshine and it's not a bad <laughs> vibe and so anyway i always kind of i always had it in the back of my head like that's something we could push it even further fuck fuck noon Let's do 8 a.m. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? And the ass um, crack of dawn. It's so, like those morning raves. So yeah, exactly. Except not corny. Yeah, so we so we kind of like we're like, you know what that and also I think people like that shit too when it's like you already did something. Versus you know, sometimes it's kind of easy. Like running go, in the morning. Even yeah. if you go to a great show and like let's say, all right, Tuesday night, I just stepped out onto this cold ass street oh, out worst. of outside of a down, warehouse. Dude. Yeah, and it's it's 
12, 15 a.m. and I got to go to work tomorrow. It's oh. like not a great vibe. Of course, we have to do that. The nature of touring means you have to occasionally play Tuesday night, whatever. So anyway, I was really into this mon- this morning idea. So the first show we did as our show back, we decided to do it in Ojai, crunchy little yeah. town in California. Before it burned and to the ground. Our whole, yeah, well, uh, it was right after actually. Oh shit. So it was also cool. They burned we, it to the ground. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah we, we really ripped that night. <laughs> but we, yeah, so we ra- actually raised some money for some of the relief efforts. Very and cool. So- Very when chill. we when we put it together, we we were like, I want this to be like a weekend. So we did Saturday night, Sunday morning. Oh, and, yes. And the Sunday morning was such a good vibe because we played a cool, fun set. And then Sunday morning, we come out, we our friend's dead cover band open. And then we played first song, play Sunday morning by the Velvet Underground. Nice. It was like a good, chill vibe. It was like beautiful in Ojai. It was fleece weather. Right. It was perfect. like in the 60s. It mm. wasn't like super hot. And, Shorts and hoodie season. And everybody's like drinking coffee and kind of on a coffee high watching a show. And then it was over and everybody just go do their day. So anyway, run the rest of your errands on Sunday. Anyway, yeah, that, so that, that was this the, is what Kanye stole from you. So then Kanye stole. That's <laughs> yeah, Kanye's right. like, Kanye's like, wait, you you're telling me we live on a planet called Earth, yeah, and there's a time of the week called Sunday morning. <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> okay, so I put him onto that stuff. Yeah, what but is anyway, Kanye's stand? Anyway, we did that, and uh, and I guess that's all to say. You did that. That, but that's the vibe. That when I think about. Like, Listen to your shit outside. Any, any good band over the course of your career, you got to make Dark Night of the Soul music. 3 a.m. Can't sleep because I got shit on my mind. You got to give them songs for that. But you know what? You also want that kind vibe, uh, daddy making pancakes yeah, yeah. in the morning. Equally vibe. important. This is the duality of man, I believe. Is That's right. Because daddy actually, making pancakes. Duality of dad. Coincidentally, right. daddy making pancakes is the title of this episode. <laughs> daddy making pancakes. Daddy making pancakes. That, also, that's some shit. Everybody can remember it. You know, and, and if you don't have a dad, maybe your mom, maybe big brother, big sister. Yeah. Or if you were grandma, a, grandpa. Or if you're an orphan, well, guess what? You're a piece of shit and society already told you that. So or if you, had a, hopefully if you somebody, had a gluten allergy, all, all my celiacs out there stand strong. Maybe making something else. But yeah, it, it, that, that's, that's a good vibe. And I, I think some of our first album had that because I've definitely met kids. who's like, oh, my parents are always playing it. And the first thing I think was to myself is probably daddy making some pancakes. <laughs> daddy making pancakes. Sunday morning, daddy making Hell pancakes. Yeah. The album did have a bunch of collaborators on it. Um, mm-hmm. Who's who your favorite? You can, only pick, pick you can only pick one. Can only pick one. Well, who do you at, hate the, the most? at the end of the day, at the end of the day, like my the closest collaborator is, is Ariel, the, the guy from the hippos that I was talking about earlier. But you know, he's a uh, he's such an important part of our whole universe. Even the fact that he came in on the third album was so necessary. And um, he's family at this point. Well, he's, he's family. We're real close. You're too nice to pick a favorite, uh, which means you're a lot better than a lot of our other guests. But what about a dream collaborator? Yeah, you know it's tough because I think. The, it's not always the people who are like, I, I guess, obviously, this is a cliche. It's not always your heroes. Because, right. like, what are you going to do? Never meet them? your heroes. You never meet your heroes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I'm is, sorry I met you today. So yeah. for us, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, you suck, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Lizzo. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, why with not? that motherfucking flute and that hand. Yeah, <laughs> right, she can play flute. <laughs> well, I, you know what? She can play flute with her ass. I do. I, I'll tell you the one trump, thing: the, the ass trumpet I, guy I outside. Do, I do like. I do like, in a way, bringing in musicians more than. Well, I, I loved having Danielle and Steve Lacey on mm-hmm. the album. Great singers, but also I, I, I feel close to them. Danielle Heim. I feel close to them as people, so that's different. The idea: How come Danielle Heim and not the other sister? Um, sisters. They're well, sisters, right? Danielle. Danielle lives Damn. above the studio that we recorded in. Oh, oh so she's like, she's like stomping. I'm like, shut up. Yeah. And yeah, she wandered if in. I come put down some vocals, will you two shut the fuck up? <laughs> yeah. um, I can hear what you're missing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's f- full curb your enthusiasm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but so yeah, Danielle, so it started out very casually. And then, you know, I think she's a great, great singer and, but it, and it, musician. So, so you are but, on but some I'm Never saying, Meet Your Hero shit, but if you had to. Well, no, if you're friends, but I'm saying if, if I did, 
the I also think a great album, if it really comes together, the people feel like the community of the album versus like worst case scenarios. Like you see a lot of names you see all the time and you're just like, I'm just picturing like, oh yeah, you guys emailed or you met right. for 30 like minutes. Like a plug and, and play then, type. Yeah. So sometimes with another vo- little baby feature. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Sometimes with features when it's just another vocalist, it can feel just really slapped together. Whereas, so for instance, not that this is ever going to happen, but if someone's like, you want a Lizzo feature? I'd be like. That that would read as Vampire Weekend's like last ditch effort to get a, a legitimate pop star. Just like please yeah. go sit. But if you're like, you, could you come up with something for Lizzo to play on flute? I'd be like, that's a way cooler story yeah, yeah. because she gets to do something that she doesn't. Well, obviously she does play flute a lot, but that's like it, it's a more interesting connection, sure. a musical connection versus just like one plus one equals five, right, which is right. what people hope for with certain collaborations. It's not like big guy helping little guy on the same label. Yeah. Or just like trying to create a four quadrant monster. Like we got something for the indie people, something for R&B, a little bit of pop. Like, you yeah, know, we made this song in the laboratory to appeal to and got, you, and you everybody. See, and we, we got we all, DMX on the record. And we yeah. all know those songs that come out where it's three or four people thrown together. And you just know somebody yeah, was I like, believe they're we got every DJ Khaled album. We got something for everybody. <laughs> and, and sometimes, they work and sometimes when they fall Justin flat Bieber, we got Quavo yeah. it yeah. can be so Chance embarrassing when they fall flat and you're like these people never met each other yeah. this was just a corny idea to make it was they meet when they shoot the video Files right. were back who, and forth. who would you like to feature on like let's say you were going to spit another verse you're going to come out of retirement and you're going to fucking spit I was bars. thinking about that with, with, with you guys showing love for down for so long I mean definitely at some point me, Despot, and McConan need to reunite oh, for the sure. track. A sequel. But Up for so long. Down you know, eight for so long. Des- Despot is infamously uh, <laughs> not a guy who drops a lot of music. Still you can never, never fu- can't even album. find him when he's fucking opening for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. Yeah, he was blowing the coop. He um, took his jacket back. But I, you know, it's funny because like I love the, I look for these opportunities which don't come that often where. To spit bars? Where I can spit a bar, but it has to be something where I don't have to rap. Because that song had a melody, because McConan sang Mm -hmm. a melody. So it has to be something where I can, like, they just don't come around that often. Right. It's a unique scenario. Um, So I'm just got to keep my eyes peeled. But, like, you know. I feel like you're you're, you're open to, so if anyone should just hit you up, right, if they potentially look and want to book you. Yeah, the only problem is that, yeah, it's it's sometimes if the idea doesn't come immediately, I just don't know what to say. Because, you know, music, it's not always about hard work. It's sometimes about, did you come up, did did an idea come together in five seconds? Was that off the dome or you wrote wrote that out? I think I had one or two lines that just gave me confidence. Okay, I can write this. And then, you know, Shmoney Dancing with some Gatti. It might have been Shmoney Dancing with some Gatti. At this point point in your career, everyone knows Vampire Weekend. But what is the biggest misconception you think people have about Vampire Weekend? Well, we talked about it a lot, but like if you had to pinpoint it I down mean, to one, I don't know if it fully exists. There, there's that old thing that kind of there's the kind of the rich kid thing that, you know, mm. followed us around. And, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, everybody who's not broke is rich. So I understand that. But there's also a part of bar. Oh, that's that's, that's a bar. That's a bar right there. That's, a, well, that's, oh, that's a, my landlord. That's a ga- Yeah, that's a real galaxy brain take. I don't know if I really <laughs> yeah. mean that. Might want to walk that one back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't actually mean that. But I mean. The, but I mean, if you're not broke, you're not broke. That's facts. I think. Fact, right. I'm just saying random shit. Now. Yeah. But <laughs> you write another verse? I guess I felt like, I, so, you know, I, that was always something I had to chip on my shed, shoulder. Have you guys shed that? I, I think yeah. so. And I tried to like sometimes make. You're like, now I'm real rich. I think in the early, yeah, well, that's funny. Then finally I made money and then whatever little things I want to say, I had student loans. It's like, yeah. who cares? Yeah. But I, I think I felt like that a little bit. My poor shoes were used. Is that yeah. people, I felt on the very least, like at least. At least interpret my music and the Ivy League thing, or at least my lyrics through and the Ivy League thing through the lens of being a guy from you know a middle class family in Jersey who had student loans. At least just look at it that way. <laughs> that does. I'm not saying that's going to sure. radically reorient somebody's take on it because they're like, oh shit, 
really? I didn't know it was like that, man. It's like, yeah. but, yeah. but you know, the struggle was real. But just Damn, when, but I always, I was, was kind of annoyed in the early days because, uh, when people would make such a thing about us going to Columbia and the preppiness the and the, and the, the privilege. privilege. And I just always wanted to be like, I, cause I swear it, at the time you got to remember that all these, a lot of these music critics now who are, you know, very interested in, in, in what non-white men have to say, they weren't always right. right. A lot of these people, these motherfuckers were at Yale. Yeah. These motherfuckers <laughs> were at Yale themselves. And a lot of those people, the other bands, so it's not like it was at a. It's not like a moment now. Like you listed the the nominees for album of the year. That's right. th- thankfully that's a diverse group. Yeah, um, I think you're one of, of only a few handful of white people. You're on there. a minority. Yeah, in your own, in the category white as a white male. Damn, I'm dude. Not, how does I'm that not, feel? Yeah, you're not gonna. <laughs> As you a know, white cis male. Yeah. Gotta talk with Justin about it. Yeah, you know. right. No, but that that's <laughs> and, and that's how John it, Teshla. Yeah, obviously that's how it should be. It's a, it's I wouldn't feel so like you shed white that. men should win nothing. Well, also, yeah, I Never. think Okay, so, so you've well, shed that you've well, shed that. Yeah, but oh, yeah, all, all I'm all I'm saying is that I just think I, I, the one thing it's almost not at this point it's not even about us anymore. I I guess I always have a chip on my shoulder. I'm like where I'm like when why don't you just would take all those mid two thousands buzzy indie bands and I just want you to to actually go do some research and rank who went to private school, the strokes, and, motherfucker, and and, and and rank who had student loans. And I just want you to find. Not that anybody even gives a fuck anymore. I was like, you know, go talk to yeah. Animal you Collective think- and all these people. And I was like, <laughs> and just, and I was like, just show me where I fall on the list. Yeah, you think show the me hives? Weren't fucking rich? Come on. Well, they're Swedish. They're they're Swedish. Exactly. They, they had that you social. Say, they, they, told you so. they had that All fucking right. social safety network. Net, exactly. You know, didn't pay for school. Didn't pay for health care, exactly, dude. They're the most privileged of all. The fucking hives. The virgins. Those were the true rich kids. They even had a we're, yeah, song they? called "Rich Girls." <laughs> oh yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I don't like the virgins. I don't, but yeah, I, I kind of. Yeah, vir, the virgins had some bangers. It's some heat. It's some heat. Uh, what's the biggest misconception people have about Ezra Koenig besides pronouncing your name Koenig? Yeah, that might be the biggest one. But I, I'd, I've never cared. Your Grammy would be spelled wrong. Um, style. <laughs> um, well, I do kind of feel like one. The times in my life when I see. When I accidentally read the comments, when when I feel Ac- the most accidentally, air, accidentally on purpose, scare quotes. When I, when I feel uh, the times when I felt the most misunderstood is, and I think a lot of artists feel like this. If your if your work has any element of satire, humor, fun, you know, you run the risk of being misunderstood. The easiest way to be understood is to be is to be like hyper serious. Um, this is what happens to the Joker. It's what happened to the Joker. <laughs> yeah. I was out there just. Clowns. I was out. Clown, bro. Listen, I was out there just trying to enter to put a smile on a kid's <laughs> yeah. face on the bus. Let me put a smile on this kid's smile. On and face. then this kid's fucking mom turned around, looked yeah. at me like I was a piece of shit. <laughs> anyway. I wake up one day, my daddy's making pancakes. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess. I guess all I would say is that the times when I felt the most misunderstood as an artist are times when you like read somebody. Well, I guess a funny example would be Neo Yokio is that the that there's a, a very small percentage of people that sh- felt like that show was just made for them and they got yes. it. Yes. Uh, and then facts are and and yeah. our ex producer Jay. The five people in this room. Yeah. yeah. So I basically Jay. made it for you guys. And Thanks. then a black and, nerd. And so this Jay. was this was a, a funny thing that I would occasionally see is that I, there were and also that you know, I was definitely stepping into a world that I had no idea about, which is like the world of anime and kind of that kind of cartoon geeks and stuff and some people really got it but then the fun and, and of course not the everybody geeks seem to accept and the, not everybody's not everybody not everybody's gonna like it but the funny thing and i and it reminded me of early days of vampire weekend is when you see a write-up or a comment or somebody says you know what if this shit was supposed to be <laughs> the way it is 
I might actually like it. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's where, loaded as well. Because, because like, so I don't know how to interpret that. Because, like, well, I guess it's like, so think about Neo Yoko. You knew what the, you were doing. The thing that became the meme from it was you don't deserve this big Toblerone. And it's a very bizarre, stilted scene where two characters are talking about who gets the big Toblerone and whatever. And it's like, of course, it turned out exactly the way we wanted it to be. And then people were kind of like, yo, that shit was funny. Not on purpose. <laughs> and I was kind of like... What? what what do you think we were going yeah. for? It, yeah. was, it was supposed. To, I mean, it was this supposed. Is my tome. It was supposed to be like this kind of weirdo, bizarre yeah. joke about Not James Joyce, motherfucker. I'm yeah, so I, I don't know. It was kind of like I don't know what they. So it was funny. You'd occasionally see. So uh, some people maybe didn't get it, but you'd sometimes see that comment that very straightforwardly was like, "If these guys intended this to be funny, I might find it funny, but." Rather, I find it funny uh, because these guys are fucking morons. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what happens with this podcast. Yeah, I was going to okay, say. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you understand. You, and, and our producer, Jay, who wanted to be here, he would have asked you this question but mm. I want on his behalf. What is the status? Is there going to be a second season or another movie or what's the plan? Can you say? I really don't know. Heads, I mean, the streets are the streets want no streets. Are I wonder. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's Christmas time again. So people Ooh, might be watching Pink, Pink Christmas, Christmas again. Yo, run it back. I, well, here, run it the fuck back. Here's the thing. Spring I, Farm. The, I don't think, well, you know, you never know. Netflix never tells you what kind of numbers something puts up. But they didn't even tell you? It sounds like No, us. no, they don't, they don't like tell us. Former, no, no, no. Yeah. Media, media companies don't do that. So, I, look, <laughs> obviously, it was kind of a culty thing. Um, it was the, a cultural moment, I think. The, Facts. We got, we definitely had some viral memes. I think the, nobody was... Nobody was hitting me up just be like, yo, dude, we we need more Mio Yokio immediately. Like, say boy spinoff yeah, ASAP. Yeah. We could do that. The way I think about it, though, is and actually I already felt this way a little bit as we were making Pink Christmas, because that was kind of a crazy time period. When, when we got the green light to do that, I was in deep in making the Vampire Weekend record. So I was like, oh, my God. Yikes. Like, uh, what did I do? Curse within, my own success. Within what the, did I just bite off? I think within like. I was already like so stressed about finishing the album. And then with I, I like very quickly found found out that a I was going to be a dad and b we got the green light for New York pink Christmas one's more important than the other but I was just kind of like I just remember sex, I just remember thank you I just remember looking at the next year and being like oh my god I, how can I do this do actually it all everything turned out to be fine and you just take your time and you make it work but um I had a feeling that I think and I've kind of pitched this to, I've like soft pitched it to some of the people, Nick and Jane, people involved. I was like, I was like, maybe the next Neo Yokio thing is just, is not a cartoon. Live, really? a, live action? On ice? I don't know Damn, what it is. dude. I don't know what I mean, it is, but it's galaxy like, galaxy brain. There's, there's a part of me that's kind of like, what I, kind of budget are we I talking actually about? Th- no, but I'm not. No, I'm actually thinking cheaper. But I'm. Uh, I don't know if it's like a podcast I was or say Scorsese and 250 million alive go <laughs> part two. Honestly, taking the first season of New York and Pink Christmas and doing a 300 million dollar yeah. that would be the ultimate. Ga- I'm going to go sick. pitch Bob Iger on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do like that the idea of the New York universe is the NYU. Yeah. I like that. that there's a built-in I mean, audience. That place, that place. Yeah, there's a built and built-in merch. Yeah, yeah. built-in. Yeah, we don't have to make merch. So I don't know. As bro, I, I like one thing that I do feel confident about is that. It kind of what even even if Jaden was like 30, it's there's something all the show is, is kind of like a semi satirical take on whatever's happening culturally. So I do think it's the kind of show that if it's like 30, we're like, yo, let's make a musical. We yeah. can somehow just do it. Right. So I don't know. I guess I don't feel a ticking clock on it. Whatever right. we do next, I think the right idea will come. Hopefully it'll be in between albums yeah. and whatever. Speaking of what's next, what's the next phase of Vampire Weekend? Well, we're gonna we're gonna do all a, the music. All the music nerd bloggers have yeah. stopped listening hours ago. So right. here's yeah. we okay. can actually break right. some news without it, you know, having to blow up in your face or anything. <laughs> yeah. 
There, well, there's nothing really to report. I mean, this year we're doing a bunch of, um, still doing a bunch of touring, kind of like hitting some uh, some of the smaller cities, which is going to be really fun for us. Cincinnati, um, let's fucking go. No, Cincinnati's a big city. Cincinnati's a top. What's this, What's a small city? You know, ben, Bend, Oregon. Oh, oh, the mountain run. Yeah, we got we got the mountain run or yeah. like uh, Guilford, New Hampshire. Never even heard of it. You know, um, live free or die. die. Yeah. Yes. No. Like, so, you know, just smaller places, and, and also just parts of the country we haven't hit. Like right. we actually went pretty hard in the Midwest. Oh, we're playing uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa for the first time. I'm just chilling um, in Cedar Rapids at the yeah. Vampire Weekend show. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, we, um, <laughs> we're, uh. Yeah, we're kind of like, we're touring a, not quite as hard as as last year, but we're we're doing a bunch of shows, and then whenever I have a f- free time, I'm getting in the studio trying to cook up that next podcast studio album. <laughs> I get in the podcast studio, and I t- actually this is that, also a stew. That would yeah, be so much any more, other name. That'd be so much more pleasurable for me as if if every day when I said I was going to the studio, I just went to a podcast <laughs> studio and just talked to people in. about yeah. like what if the next album sounded like this. <laughs> I could, I could easily, years could go by. Right, just talk just, about yeah, what it could yeah. be talking on a is, pod. Is, that's why I do feel like increasingly, I, I, I do think podcast podcasting might be the highest form of art. I agree. It's the most human. Can you tell that to my parents? Yeah. <laughs> I, would the most I, would, I would consider it a personal favor. <laughs> but me and Michael Bastion. With Vampy Weeks, like, is there an end goal? Is it just keep creating? Like, yeah. do you have a, a master plan? There's two, an end, there's two, an end game. Yeah, two more yeah, records, right? Already planned out. I got to put the whole gauntlet together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shit. I don't know why, but infinity I, plaques. I have. So what? There's five infinity stones. Yeah, it's a whole five. hand. No, six. No, because it's a hand. Six one. There's one on the center. There's one. Oh, on the right. Right. Six. The okay, stone. good. Good. Yeah. The soul stone that tracks I because I, for whatever oh, reason, we've made right. we've made four albums, and for whatever reason, I can't just think about the next one. I keep thinking about the next two. Really? Not that, and we're not going to do some like you know, use your illusion one two thing. You have a three record deal trying to get out of it. Not even, but the. There's a part of me that's just kind of like, there's something, every time we make an album and people say I'm hard on myself, but I'm always like, I always kind of say like, you know, we're almost at that point where the body of work is so strong that we can like rest easy a little bit. Cause, cause think about it, you put out one album, our, our first album had, had a lot of success, you know, we, we kind of went to a whole new level on it, but still it didn't feel like chill. <laughs> you know, you had fucking people being like flavor of the week. This shit's going to fall off. And then even the second album, we're kind of like, okay, we're still here. We're doing shit. Hold steady. And then people like sophomore slump and, or whatever. Yeah. And then, and then also just kind of like two just still didn't make you feel confident. And then the third album for a half a that second. That debuted at number one though. Yeah. yeah. As we, an independent right, record. Right. So the second I mean. album debuted at number one, got nominated for Grammy. It felt like we're moving somewhere. And of, and of course the shows were getting bigger. Then third album kind of felt like okay that's three things that kind of feels like a career one two three and then went away for a long time and then coming back with the fourth then of course you time to get nervous again then the fourth album i felt like okay we successfully returned this is star wow. wars you're literally talking four, about star wars we got four <laughs> things we successfully came back whatever people people thought we couldn't do it whatever the force whether, whether you like the album or something the force <laughs> awakened we, yeah however you feel about the the Woke us, culture. The, the the force the force awoken and then <laughs> And I guess there's just still this part be. of me that kind of feels like, you know what, if we can, again, people can have different favorites, but if we can have six albums that all told a story that there's no just like, eh, meaningless. Right. You know what? If we can do six and I kind of, I have vague, vague ideas about what five can do and what six can do. If we can somehow pull that off and do it by 40 
and I'm jacked. If, if yeah, at 40, right. that's if at, key. That's a key. And, and not tan. Yeah. yeah. If at age, yeah, I can look back and say, you know, I got healthy skin. Right. I get regular skin checks at the dermatologist. If I can be 40. Check your titties. And, and all that stuff. Yeah. Check all my titties. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I can look check back and say, Vampire Weekend yeah. made six albums. And I'm buff. And I'm buff. <laughs> I will look into the next decade of my life, 40 to 50, and say, Whatever happens, it's happens. Time that, to start a podcast. Uh, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go podcast full time. Time to do another eight hours with <laughs> yeah. whatever this podcast is called. Well, Ezra, it's time to move into the politics corner. <laughs> Every time it's really like, you're, it's like, <laughs> Ezra, it's been a pleasure having you. It's so much. Don't oh, worry. So we're almost there. You're trapped. Okay. We're almost it's there. a trap. We're in the home stretch. Um, you know, we mentioned Bernie up top, yeah. but yeah. it's time to really get into the, what do we call ourselves now? It's, it's, it's the politics it's corner. It's the blank politics corner TM. And it's one question. It's, it's one question. question. Okay, and sure. It's for you. <laughs> it comes in the form of a, would you rather, would you rather have Donald Trump win re-election this year, 2020, four more years, or never be able to create music ever again? You can still um, do anime. All you can do a little anime. Yeah, you can do a little, yeah. little, you can do little, little programs. You can program flits off. But no yeah. music. And the whole world knows that I had this choice. No, 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 no. One that's knows. the thing. No that's knows. the thing. It's, it's okay. you're a true martyr. Well, no, I guess no one will know that you were a martyr. Yeah, you are a private martyr. Well, if I got to say it on mic. No, I, <laughs> no here's the thing. I honestly, so when that, loses, that actually wouldn't does. be a hard choice for me. Okay. Trump four more years. Yeah. Yeah. No, fuck <laughs> it. It wouldn't be a hard choice for me. I'd say, tr- okay, but here's the thing. It would really sweeten the deal if you could guarantee me that Bernie or a kind of oh. person was going to be president. Because if you're like, it's, you're not, it's not going to be Trump, but it's going to be Mayor Cory Booker. <laughs> Even, well, if, if it was going to be Mayor P, if it was going to be Biden, I'd just be like, Damn. you made me fucking <laughs> give up music just to have for this brain dead Joe for this hair <laughs> sniffer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But let's say, let's say, for, let's, let's say for argument's sake that. Not only would it not be Trump, who's a very bad person, but wasn't going to be some lesser of two evils type sure. person. That's important to me. You not know? another, not a centrist. Not not a centrist corporate Democrat. <laughs> if you could guarantee me that, it wouldn't be. I'd be like absolutely because Damn. the uh, because a Trump brings suffering. True. And it, and it's and if it's going to be a dem- Democrat who's really I think cares about people like Bernie, who's really going to work to help stop this like nonsense, the insurance business, all this shit. It wouldn't be hard for me because I think I could have a lot of fun doing other stuff besides music. And, know, I, and, Bur- me, and I love music, but it's also a source of stress. Does Bernie listen to your shit? Yeah, have you hung out with the boy? Um, he's he. We've shaken hands and had brief conversations. He dapped you up. He well, yeah. When the, the first time we awoken, the first time we played one of his rallies, he what he uh, said. What's he uh, charge? <laughs> um, I think that you know, just a couple of coach flights. Yeah. Okay. That's a big sacrifice. Steerage. Yeah, when I was going to say. When you do something Damn, political. Damn, you like steerage. chuckles? You God got, damn, you got bro. Because obviously, you you couldn't even, you can't ask. Who do you think he's pulling for to win the Grammy? You or Ariana Grande? Because he had Ooh, that epic exchange with yeah. her on Twitter and met her. If Ariana Grande if Ariana Grande beating Vampire Weekend meant that she could big up Bernie on the stage in a oh, way that would make oh, him win. That was a I sacrifice. Would, I would absolutely. And also are I, you going to big up I, Bernie if you win? Oh, yeah. Have you thought about your your? Or are you going to ask Lizzo to come feature with her flute? Yeah. Lizzo, um, I I love you. I'll, I'll figure something out. But we're gonna do st- we're gonna do more stuff for Bernie this year. Actually, we're gonna Hell be politically yeah. depending on when this, out in the fields. Yeah, depending on when this airs, we might be about to do. So- I, it's it's all kind of early days, but we're gonna go campaign Hell for yeah. him right, again. Fuck but he. But anyway, I would a hundred percent. I could go yeah. have fun doing other thank shit. You. Besides, thank, you, music. thank you for your service. We said that well, Ezra, we mean it. The time has come. To wrap up <laughs> the first section of ourselves and move on to the second section, <laughs> yeah. money. Cha-ching. Look, man, 
We're very elegant podcast. We're above yeah, yeah. board. As not gauche. Nope, never. Right. Elegant questions only. Mm-hmm. But I do got to ask you, how much money yeah. do you make? Yeah, what's up, doc? Well, you know, I'm a freelancer. At <laughs> <laughs> so W2 popping? It's, yeah. it's different year to year. Yeah? So, like, next year. what? Okay, how about this? How much money would you like to make? Yeah, put a number on it. Um, I can't, I, well... <sighs> Hmm. There's not, there's not a lot of ways I can answer these questions or I'm going to feel good about it, but <laughs> like uh, a billion. No, well, here's, what here's one thing I can say is like, if, if I had to like say, you know, in terms of my personal politics, zero, when, when I really think like, what's the most money anybody should have? Because you look, if you're a hardcore and maybe I could be convinced otherwise, if you're like a hardcore <laughs> communist, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty damn yeah. close, right? right? Everybody, there's going to be different degrees One loaf of, of bread a day. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I'm not saying, and I, I think I need to study more to see if, if I could be down with that. But when I think about, you know, somebody like Bernie will talk about how the wage gap between uh, the CEO and the average worker used to be 20 to one or something. And now it's 20,000 to, 20, to one or some shit. <laughs> if I really think about, um, not that I have this much money, but like, What's the most money anybody in the world should have where they can they can feel like I earned this. I, I worked so hard that I did something I that sets me this. apart. When I think about guy. that, I'm, I think maybe the most like if Jeff Bezos upper limit had, I don't know, 20 million dollars. <laughs> That's what I think, which which, again, I know some people are probably listening, being like, that's still too much. And for Jeff Bezos, think about it. That's one point one percent. I think about that. If, if there is a world where the richest people had like twenty million, it's like, all right, you got your nice house. Maybe you got your second nice house. Right. You get to fly first class. You get to eat you whatever jet you ski. want. Jet skis. Aren't you have a jet ski for sure. Like you can buy. If you had twenty million dollars, you could buy whatever clothes you, you want. Buy a lot of drugs. Yeah, buy whatever drugs you want. Whatever iPhone, vice. Yeah. iPhone eleven. And I, I'm, I certainly could revise this opinion, but I kind of feel like if if in my life I'm ever lucky enough to get up there, I really will. I'd like to think I will. Absolutely pump the brakes. Shut it down. So are you at 20? So you're not at 20 million. No, no, you are no, 20. no, no. Okay. What do you like to spend your money on though? Like you're a man, you're a global citizen. You're a man. Yeah. Uh, you're a man about town. Yeah. You're a man of the finer things. Like what do you like to spend your great money taste. on? Typically? You have great taste, bud. Thank you. Um, you're, you're very particular about your John's coppings. I'll say, I'll say the one because, because I've actually not, because I don't spend a lot of money on cars or even clothes or anything like that. The one place where I, I really thank God um, or the gods, whatever yes. your religion is. I, where I really thank the, the high, the, I really feel lucky and privileged that I don't have to, that I haven't had to worry about money in about a decade um, or even worry about money in the way that my parents as middle-class people had to worry about money so far. Knock, knock on wood. On wood. Yep. Um, the one place where I, I think, thank God I'm so fucking lucky is just that can go never think twice about, uh, where to eat. Mm. I like, I swear that's, that's the, that's the night. Cause I, I, you know, it's not, it doesn't feel that long ago. I really have distinct memories. You of, blow a bag of Dunkin' of, Donuts every day. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't like fancy restaurants, <laughs> but I do like that feeling that you're out with everybody or something and you just want to throw down your card. And Ooh, yeah, are, you, are you picking up the tab? Is that like kind of how you operate in a group setting? Or you're like, I got this. If that's, if that's the case, we got to hang out more. Well, often. yeah, depending, yeah. depending on what who it's tonight? with <laughs> actually like, you know, because it's funny too. Actually, I recently had a conversation with somebody who was like, what's something that you wish you could tell your younger self? And I picture me being a kid, hearing Stop my parents worry, so worry about money a lot. And not, th- and not, not that face. they were ever in like, <laughs> and not that they were ever in like, you know, crazy trouble, but the way the middle-class people really stress about money, how the fuck are we going to pay for plan. college? You got a plan. All this shit. College for sure. Even yeah, with my kids, student yeah. loans, can we still cover the rest? That's stressful for parents, right? 
And so I picture like, like put it on having that kind of bitch. energy around me. And, and I picture being a kid and you know, when you have, maybe you have like at any given moment, you have 15 to $60, depending on how many like lawns you mowed or some shit. Right. And that feeling of like you going out and that feeling of just getting real, like, um, kind of like never being stressed, like not covering anybody ever. This is like when you're in middle school, yeah. I'm picturing being like 13 or 14 and just like feeling like you go to like seven 11 and like, nobody's going to ever cover each other right. because we're all like a little stress, even whether, even the rich kid where you're like, why can't you just cover us? It just doesn't happen. It's a limited and, allowance. Yeah. And there's a part of me that kind of, I wish I could just go back and say to myself, like, like, don't sweat it. Don't don't ever hold a grudge that your friend owes you three dollars from sure. ice cream. I wish I could just go back and tell myself to like be more generous. I think be more generous because I only felt more generous when I finally felt stable. And then you kind of look back and you're like, but you, you know no. that that shouldn't matter. You know, there's some because there is something nice about like just uh, feeding yeah. the fans. Well, if you're looking for the two fan, charity cases. I'll take you guys out for dinner. Some, but yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. Like I, I think in some ways, I try, if you're ever with anybody who, I mean, you tell know, us your address off. Mike, I mean, we're about yeah. to show all these groms out and pay for their meal. Like we're not expecting them to pay. So I get it. That's the way, that's the way you do it. So I think in, in some once ways, a year. When, yeah, so actually, <laughs> I guess I just know this about myself that I'm still, I've still got my kind of like middle-class stressed about money values that truly, if you were like this, John, <laughs> this John costs $400. I would be like, how many times am I going to wear it? Blah, blah, blah. It yeah. doesn't matter. If how many I had, dinners is that? It wouldn't actually? matter if I had a really good year or yeah, something. Yeah. But if I was out with a group of people and somehow it got the, the bill got up, but I was with people who I knew had were some, like sweating about drinky, money drinkies. and the check came and it was 400 bucks. I would, I wouldn't, I would, I would throw down for it and I would, yeah. I wouldn't sweat it for a second because the that card. feels good. It's like we did something yeah. together. Expense and stuff. to the label. Yeah, seriously. Well, man. sometimes you can, ex- <laughs> yeah. and sometimes you can write it off. Oh but God, yeah, so, with, so food is the one thing. And I guess I'm lucky because I don't have expensive taste with food that it's, it's not the, you know, a few times a year, the bill's four or 500 bucks. And you're just like, Guys, I got it. And also, I'm lucky that I, I know people who I know the, would thanks I know for the in the and same. out, Ezra. I yeah. know they do the same thing. But then other times, you know, I, I could I could one, you know, people sometimes go to these crazy restaurants with the ten thousand dollar bottle. If I was like regularly at dinners where they're like, uh, sir, the check is a twenty seven thousand dollars. Yeah, I would have a di- I would have a different like separate uh, checks. Yeah, but I, yeah, checks. I will say there's something nice about what's not your favorite sweating, What's your favorite? Um, uh, food destination restaurant, aka restaurant in New York. <laughs> in New York, have you been to one of these food destinations? <laughs> I mean, I well, here's the thing, I'm, and I'm What's not go to spot. Just a short. List. I'm not trying to front like I'm a man of the people, <laughs> but I kind of am. Okay. Shake, but check. so even when I when I come to New York, it's so pleasant for me to be on the East Coast. I feel so at home going to like Veselka or something, right, right, right. Because that I like the food there, and that just reminds me of like you know being at a little you know eating some Eastern European food in New York, and you know like wasted, I like to go to wasted. 4 a.m. Some yeah, borscht. Yeah. So, I, that, so truly, that, that's the place I like Sitting to go to. As far as like rest, <laughs> as far as like a little pricier restaurant, yeah. like I, uh, I don't, I don't know if it's basic or not, but I always love Carbone. Oh, because the world, Ooh, spicy uh, rigatoni yeah. at Carbone, and because you wear and, your chrome hearts and, and palm that's actually, when you that's, roll through. I feel like that's one of the more extravagant things I ever did. Is one time I was starving and I got to a dinner there, and you know everything's there is is generally to share. Yeah, and. I kind of got late to a dinner. So they, so everybody had already eaten. They're like, well, what do you want? And I was like, I kind of want the, the veal parm. And I was like, but that, that's like for the table. And they're like, yeah, don't, yeah, go for it. And then the guy brought it out. I just wolfed the whole thing down. <laughs> yeah. And I think the veal parm, there's like 70 bucks. I, I'm still, when it was just me, I was still kind of like, 
Wow. You spent 70 bucks on uh, that. I, I, dumb I, idiot. I still felt like that a little bit. Stupid, yeah. When, when it's, stupid. when it's for the gang, stupid you feel better about it. What about, yeah, uh, what sure. about LA food spots? Ooh. Um, I mean, deep. Yeah. Some of my favorite food is Italian. I mean, it's like it's John a, and Vinny's. Oh yeah. John and Vinny's is great. There's obviously Moza. These are all basic places that everybody mm-hmm. loves. Mar- Marvin's Marvin. Um, Oh, Marvin. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I know. I've been the nice guy. I've been to Marvin. I've never eaten at the nice guy. You've partied there though. I did not eat Jumbo's even. clown room. Not even. I'm familiar with Jumbo's clown room. Hell yeah. Um, you been there? No. Oh my, it's fire. Yeah. Restaurant or club? It's a burlesque dive oh. bar. Hell yeah. It, and it's a strip. Strip club. Club-ish, I think. Yeah. It's a strip I think joint. they get naked. I don't know. All right. Um, Ezra, mm. it's time for the third and final segment, okay. which is... Yes. You are a confirmed sex haver. Congrats on the sex, my guy. One time confirmed yeah, sex you, haver. Well, you think that just because I, I have, I've sired a child. I guess you, it could be like I a, went to a fucking school. Yeah, that's the traditional way. But I, I just want to point out for the future. That's true. For you guys. This is true. Okay, first of all, I have had sex in my life, but I just want to point out that for <laughs> you. For I just want to point out that for you guys. How many times have you had sex in your life? I don't know. Wait, At least don't. once or twice, right? Yeah, three times, <laughs> thirty. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Like, if you just if you're somebody who, like if you're not like a like crazy like every weekend I fuck fifteen people. If you're just somebody who's been Bill in like Chamberlain? a lot, a lot of like long relationships, and, yeah. and never and you know has not been like celibate for years. I don't know. What do you think? Like a couple thousand couple in your thousand. life? Yeah. Is that what? Do you think that's average for a thirty five year old? Probably. Probably. 35 year old rock star. thousand nuts. I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how Luberderm have gone? Um, that is for my face, but yeah. sir. <laughs> but you recently had a child. I don't know yeah, if yeah. it was D in the V, but you had a kid. Uh, what's been the most surprising part about having a kid? Yeah. Um, what shocked you? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, it's still, we're, we're still kind of learning. You know, it's a. Uh, in some ways, I don't have any. There's nothing like novel about it uh, because you read a tutorial on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Well, because no, I mean it's very novel for me in my life. But right. in terms of like uh, answering questions about it, it's like kind of everything that people say is true. It's, it's true. like it, change, it goes fast. with this motherfucker it's amazing. sleep. You yeah. feel there's exhausted, ups and downs, but also just like a lot the, of sh- the shit and vomit on my barena. Fe- feeling, yeah, but feel, you know, feeling in a feeling a kind of a connection and and love in a way that you couldn't quite picture like you know you know you have the capacity to feel that way and it's just different like it is just different like there's something about another generation kind of like does your kid have an instagram handle oh absolutely not well and also i'll tell you one thing that kind of surprised me a little bit maybe i shouldn't have been surprised it's just that because and you know, I shouldn't even draw more attention to it. But we're just like we're just real private. Like we really didn't need to know anybody that we had a kid. We didn't need to know anybody. We didn't need anybody to know that we had a kid, right? Because like, who cares? And there's also, no, there's no press release. Here. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, there breaking. Was, there was no press Ezra release. Fox. And then, and we were kind of, and we were real. And also because at the end of the day, like. Of course, when you're an entertainer, you're you're lying if you say there hasn't been an upside to being a public person because obviously it's your job. There's an upside, but when it, you are talking about like a, a tiny little baby, they can't consent <laughs> to anything. Baby. Yeah, true. They, there's absolutely so you, you didn't sell his picks to you, like yeah, like you, you could use them to build or. like more of a brand for yourself or as a family. But then I, I I do I have to imagine that in the next ten to twenty years you're going to see a wave crashing of kids being like. 
My parents fucking made a Instagram. Do you realize yeah. what I was born into? I had no choice in any of You're going to see lawsuits, all sorts of wild yeah. shit. This username is trash. Like kids emancipating yeah. themselves from their like uh, momagers and datagers, but like from Instagram shit. And even, yeah, and, and not even, yeah, not even in like on some LA shit, just like a regular family yeah. in Indiana yeah. where it's just like, it's like, I didn't want to be part of your fucking YouTube channel, dad. Yeah, right. <laughs> you fucking pranked me when I was three. That was, you know. <laughs> Fuck TikTok. So that anyway, lame. I guess I was like. <laughs> I was a little bit surprised that like, like who wrote about it and stuff. I wasn't surprised that gossip websites wrote about. It. That's what they do. Is there's but some like other... Pitchfork covered it. Yeah, and I even, I even, yeah, and I even like asked them to take it Slow down. Slow news day. Yeah. <laughs> I asked them to take it down. What they, what and they, they said rate no. Your kid? Oh wait, really? Yeah. Oh shit, dude. They said no. Yeah. Damn. What do they rate your kid? <laughs> <laughs> no. And that you know, I, I don't, good one. I'm trying to be as galaxy brain about it as possible and, and not hold grudges and stuff because I'm just like fuck Condé Nast. Yeah, what, be dead in two what years. What do you? I'm trying, I'm trying to really like think about like, yeah, what is, what's fair and not fair in this world? Well, one thing that's for sure is I don't understand how there, I do think, I'd like to think that there's going to be a turning point in the world where, like we said, privacy is not just a concern for people of note whatsoever, or, or everybody's a person of note. Everybody could be a person of note tomorrow. You get a viral tweet, you get fucking TikTok goes viral. Pod might go viral. I'd like to, I'd like, I'd like to think that more people Although clearly we're we're fighting against a giant wave that more people, whether you're fucking talking about Brad Pitt or you're talking about just like a, a 14 year old who goes viral on TikTok, will have more feelings about privacy and what needs to be written about and what's the responsibility of a free sure. press. And also it's so complicated because you have all these there's the chilling effect of lawsuits. People are trying to like hurt the press and not let them do their jobs. But you also have the trashiest of the trash gossip shit happening. It's a confusing world. It is. I'm still, I'm still working out my thoughts about it. You don't live in the UK. Oh, what? Because the conservatives won or because of the press? Uh, Both. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Could be worse. Can't they run photos of celebrities, children without consent or is it stronger than that? Yeah, I know. I I know that there's a lot of, uh, I've heard about all sorts of lawsuits and fights about at least I mean, getting stuff yourself blurred and, and things like that. Yeah, but yeah. you know, it's all a good. It's all a good. Uh, would you? At the end of the day, just nobody should get too famous. Would you want? You know, well, speaking of which, would you want your son to grow up to be a musician? Um, I suppose a famous it, musician. I suppose if, if if he wanted to, um, I wouldn't be against it. But one hit wonder, uh, Jacob Dylan style. He had at just least two taste, hits. He had at least taste. he had at least two hits. What's the other one? Well, there was exactly. one headlight, and then there was uh, a. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't his brother the, the did, other headlight? There's some others. <laughs> did his yeah, brother direct how high? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one of the Dylans is a, how high. One of the Dylans is a major dude. Um, I'm so uh, I, I I'm so curious. Did Bob Dylan seen how high? Probably. That's fucking awesome. Bob, Bob is low key up, I think, on a lot of stuff. Every time he does an interview, he likes to drop hints. He's just like, I mean, he kind of set the way for Kanye. Born again. Oh, true. That's right. Maybe, That's, maybe Kanye will be Jewish. I don't know. That right. would, I don't know. If, do we want him? Kanye. You want to take an official stance being you right now? Um, do we want Ye? I don't know, dude. He might have to change his opinion on slavery. Yeah. Because the Jews were enslaved, and that was not a choice. We built the pyramids. Ain't no ancient aliens up in, in, in fucking my Bible, <laughs> in <dog. Egypt. laughs> Maybe the Jews are the ancient aliens. Oh! Um, facts. Yeah, I don't know. I'm so curious what the world's going to be like. I, maybe maybe there won't be musicians in 20 years. That'd be interesting. Just holograms. Just, just AI. All, just all AI. Yeah, Grimes said it's going to be AI. AI making songs that go viral on TikTok. 
Just so the Matrix. Whatever the melody, movie, yeah. whatever melody and lyrics are going to go the most would, viral. Actually, I do. I will take a moment to say a quote that I've always found very interesting, which I think was quoted. I think he told me this as a quote, so I don't even know who said it. But I had this conversation with uh, Richard Ayoade, great uh, English actor and comedian and director. He directed some of our videos and he's made movies. And he was talking about, I think he was quoting something about where somebody was having a conversation about how the most interesting job or the most interesting thing in the world is always different. And it attracts a certain type of person. And I could think, and I, and I think even in our lifetime, if you think about, if you're like a cool New York guy in the 40s, Maybe you'd be Ashy? Allen Ginsberg. Yeah. You might be, you want to be a poet. And then when those guys saw Bob Dylan come out, they're like, oh, oh shit, yeah. the, this is the next wave. And then after that, maybe you'd be like, after Bob Dylan, maybe you'd start to be like, Scorsese. You, maybe it's cool to be a d- down and dirty director. These are the people who, yeah. that's just like the, the real pinnacle. life, ton of real life story. Or, or an actor or something. Yeah. And maybe after that, you're kind of like, no, it's a rapper in sure. the 90s. Then it's a SoundCloud rapper, whatever yeah. it is. This idea that, in different eras, it would, you'd be attracted to different things. And maybe before, at some point it was probably a, a painter, Yeah, you know, like where, you know, if in the, in the teens, Paris in the twenties, you're Matisse or something. Yeah. Shit. That, that's probably a little bit cooler than if you were like well, it's whoever's a getting, singer, it's just because the it's, media changes. It's a mime, it's better who, than a mime. Yeah. It's whoever's getting the most pussy. <laughs> yeah. There's an element of that, but also it's like, it's, it's, it's <laughs> throughout history. Yeah. There's been one constant. Well, what gig will get me the most trim? Well, it, it's, it, 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 and that's what I'm doing. But it's all also, the way it's in. Like, it might be podcast. It's probably yeah. some intersection of like, where is there room to grow and be interesting, but where are the eyeballs pointed right. and, and, then and what feels whatever. Well, and it's funny. Oh, that's actually, it's a Venn diagram. Well, that yeah. makes it even funnier because he said that as part of this conversation, he's like, he's like, you know, and, and for instance, in the 15th century, it was a bishop. Yeah. Uh, Fuck farming. Like, I want to be part of the church. If you were like an ambitious person who yeah. wanted to be where the action was and, and be Fuck part of the conversation or something in, in the 15th yeah, century, yeah. you wouldn't be like, oh, let me be a musician. That's a loser job. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go play my, fucking, my loot. Yeah. My loot around yeah. town. You're going to hell. It's like, so, you know, if, if, Con, if Kanye had been in, you know, 15, he would have been a pope. 16, yeah, he would have been, <laughs> been pope. Pope, yeah. 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 Pope yay the first. So anyway, I, I always like that idea. And there's some, and there's sometimes even as a musician where I'm like, obviously I have a deep connection to songwriting and music. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything else, but I am kind of, I always think about that. Well, what if I've been born a hundred years earlier and I had the same ambition and the same creativity or whatever, would I have been drawn to something else? And I'm very curious to see if through the rest of our lives, I mean, if Your you're a, bo- if, a you were, may, I if you were a podcaster, I honestly if you're 15 think, years old now, yeah. you would want to become a TikTok star because that's what's getting a vlo- or a vlogger, a high schooler the most or pussy. a vlogger. I know? do. I do think no. I, well, I don't think being a podcaster helps you with uh, the getting A's, getting getting A's. having sex. But I will say that <laughs> it doesn't. And obviously, people are facts. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes you know people make like jokes about oh everybody's got a podcast, but there is something about the reason everybody has a podcast is because. It's a new form of self-expression. It is a form of self-expression. I really well, believe in it. I also think we're in an age where everyone thinks that their opinion matters yes, and that awesome. they need, they because deserve the platform. And the fact right. that they deserve the platform and, like and think that it will resonate when in fact yeah. it fucking doesn't. But it's like with like anything. Like, do what we if do. You talk you to every, if you talk to everybody <laughs> who wants to be a famous musician, you'd hear some of their music yeah. and you'd be like, I don't, ass, bro. I don't know what this if you're, adds if you're to the conversation. And of course there's a million podcasts and some add something and, We'll and you're else. not going to create time crisis. You're not going to create whatever the fuck we're going to end up calling this thing. Just fucking stop. Just listen and be okay with that. Those are the top widely regarded the top two yeah. podcasts. Yes. Yeah. Give up. That's it. But yeah, you already did that. I'm saying is, on the flip side of I, that, oh, it's always changing. On the flip side yeah. of that, is there any foundational advice you would give to any of the 14 million or so or 
data still data still coming in. Uh, what foundational <laughs> advice would you give to people who want to become an artist besides don't? Besides don't. Yeah. What's the um, first thing they got to do? I don't think, say some corny shit like believe in yourself. Um, <laughs> well, I would actually, you could say the opposite. Of course, you got to believe in yourself, but you also got to not believe in yourself. It's a very fine line. I've, and I found this, that occasionally when I've met people who I uh, I worried for, when you, somebody asks me advice, they want to be a musician or something. And I, you know, and of course, you're going to just try to be as nice and, and sure. uh, helpful as possible. When I look into their eyes and say, you want to do what I do? <laughs> You want to get to where I'm at? Sometimes when I look you into their eyes, you are what, my competitor. What, what, I'm, what I'm looking for, when I look into their soul, get it. I'm not looking for um, grit and determination. Because deep down, I feel like everybody's got that. Human beings are survivors. It's like, you know, the, you know, like people talk about touring's hard. Anybody in this room could go on tour and you complain about it just like we complain about it. You don't have to be a fucking Marine to go on tour. <laughs> have you ever had a week in your life where you didn't get a lot of sleep? Yeah. You know, whatever. Anybody yeah. can do it. It's that times 10. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm not like. So you don't respect the troops is what you're saying? Uh, no, I, I respect <laughs> the troops a lot. But I'm saying. Um, so when I when 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 I have these moments, which this is all happening in my head when um when, oh, you're not just vocalizing. No, I'm, like, I'm looking at them, just yeah. like curb your enthusiasm. Yeah. They're like side side eye. Um, when I'm not looking for grit and determination to decide, oh yeah, you have what it takes because you're hungry. You got that. You piss want and vinegar. I look at our society and say everybody wants something because yeah. we're built to want something, and, and that that part of ourselves is exacerbated by the world we live in. So when I look at them, it's it's almost more like. Are you asking, are you critical of yourself? It's weirdly the opposite in a way. Are you hard on yourself? And, and of course- Is it, it a go, self-awareness thing? It's self-awareness. Because of course it can go way too far. Are you honest with where you are and, Some, and yeah. then in progressing forward? And also like when you- scale. When you listen to your own work- beam. Are, <laughs> I guess it, almost the way that I think about it is, and again, this is all that I know. I, I was lucky, you know, my, I had a very supportive family, but I think I always think about it that in a weird way, it also, the even though I had very supportive parents and it's very- uh, and, and people who don't, I know that's like a real hardship, but the one thing I always think about, and I've told my, they have no memory of this, but all the times that my parents said, great job, or that's a good drawing or good for you or something in one ear out the You're other. Like, no. And I know that's a privilege Trash because garbage. I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up with like a, <laughs> Shut in, up, in, in an abusive family. <laughs> right. But one thing that really stood out for me is I have this very strong memory and of wandering, wandering over to my parents after I kind of like, you know, little smart ass four or five year old walking around the house and I came into the living room and I said, you know what I just realized? And they're like, what? And I was like, you know why uh, they called the dining room? And my parents were like, why? And I was like, because uh, that's the dining room tables in there and that's the room that you eat in. You dine in there. And they just, and they laughed at me because I thought. Shut up, dummy. Well, yeah, they didn't call me. No, no. I, I think. Did they laugh at you or I, with you? No, uh. They laughed well, at me at first. It's precocious. Because sure, I, think know, I, was, I think I was fun. a little kid and I was interested in words and language. And mm. I really thought I figured out something. Oh, like you unlocked. Yeah, no, the, I wasn't being funny. You, I really thought I, because. You unlocked the swag. Because I guess even, you know, even as an adult, somebody could sometimes tell you some interesting etymology. And you'd right. be like, do you know that comes from the French word? That's right. what I thought I was doing. Right, right, Did right. you know that the word dining in dining room comes from the word dine? Which means <laughs> yeah, eat. which means eat. <laughs> I really thought, I really thought I'd figured out something smart. And your parents and, were high as hell and you're just like, damn. <laughs> and they're like, oh. Yo, 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 no way, 
dude. That's why you can't be too high around your kids. Yeah. <laughs> you find everything profound. No, but I remember, they, I remember, and I feel like they were like, oh, we wouldn't have laughed at you. But I was like, whatever energy you gave me was enough for me to know I wasn't special for thinking right, that. Right, right, right. Mm. At, at and I remember, I remember that so much more than any time somebody told me good job because it reminded me of like, in your life, you're going to have instincts that you, for a half a second, you think, wow, I'm a genius. I figured some shit out. And then sometimes you do need people. You need, and if it's not going to be other people, you need to build that part of your brain that a few seconds later says, yeah. was that such a profound insight? Because you need to differentiate. When do you really have a good idea yeah. versus when are you just kind of high on coffee and just feeling or yourself. Sometimes you need to nope, lose don't all your intellectual cream. property yeah. to a sports media company. Yeah, to don't. Move forward. That's right. <laughs> don't coke. That's what it yeah. is. All right. Uh, speaking of people that we all laugh at, um, we're going to move into normally it's 60, but we're joined by R. Kelly. 90 seconds of thirst. Mm-hmm. We're going to open up the oh, floor yeah. okay. to our three groms here. Ask you one They're going to ask you anything, pitch you on yeah. something. They got one thing. Okay. Uh, start with Chuck. And we're wrapping up here. Okay. Let's start with Chuck. Uh, Ezra, I don't, yeah. I don't have a question. I just want to say, uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Oh, thank and you. I love you. <laughs> oh, really? I was hoping, uh, after the pod, you could sign my petrified good shorts. Oh shit. My, my vine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Amazing. That your question is, will can Ezra sign them? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. May you, not but, can you. Wait, yeah. so when, so when we made fun of you for walking in the elevator, we were all together and you had a Sharpie behind your ear and we, and we made fun of you asking if you're going to ask Ezra for his autograph. You're yeah, right. I asked Sean to bring me one from his work. I brought um, the Sharpie. All right. Well, okay. and arguably, you, when you ask somebody to sign memorabilia, it's not just an autograph, you know? <laughs> it's an investment. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Do you get asked for autographs anymore, or is it all just selfies? Ooh. If somebody stops me on the street, it's going to be a selfie. If it's a fan on the street. Sign my forehead. If it's... Sign uh, my tits. But then, then, obviously, the most interaction we have is, like, depending on the venue... Right. Uh, if there's, you know, to walk to the bus, you got to walk through the back. Sure. And kids line up, or I shouldn't say kid people of all yeah. ages. Grown men. It's um, embarrassing. It, you it, it can be first. all. It can be all of it. But if have you ever signed uh, any titties? I, I really don't think so. Maybe in some early days, some kind of like <laughs> the wild days. We'll get the occasional wine mom fan. <laughs> Hell yeah, live love laugh. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Sign my tits. I love it, but yeah, we get. I'm we just get a the, Friday soul living in a Monday the, world. The, old, <laughs> the older crew of it's moms out, out on baby. the town, but your no, version of a parent. But anyway, <laughs> of course. So at a show, you'll get people who just bought something and and have the tickets. So right. then people ask for autographs. Sure, fire. All right, so you guys don't want to ask him anything. That's what you want. That's what you want. Yeah, that's. All right, right. right. I appreciate it. You guys asked him four hours. I I love (laughs) those petrified good shorts. Your bandmate, your bandmate, your bandmate, Chef Epstein over there, (laughs) Chef Sham, take it away. Yo, huge, huge fan too. Oh, thank you. I really liked how for the Father of the Bride tour, you guys posted the set list on Instagram. Oh yeah, thanks for noticing. Like nobody, nobody really does that. I'm like super nerdy about that shit. I always go on Setlist FM, so that was cool. But like, I noticed that you guys played a different set list almost every night. Yeah. And also like you're taking requests and you're doing different covers and shit. Mm. How do you guys like rehearse and how do you decide what to play? Well, first of all, truly, thanks for noticing, because that was to me, that was a pillar of this era, you know, was kind of like we're getting back on the road. If we're going to get back on the road, what's going to make it fun for us? Interesting for the fans. And, And a big part of it was switching up the set list. And we want the fans to know. Uh, you know, to know what's happening and to and to be and to follow along. They know if the scalp or not. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and um, he's not playing down for so long tonight. I'm selling I'm my out. tickets. Yeah, no, but also it is funny. Like you know, sometimes you go on a tour and you see, and of course for pop 
certain type of pop show, it needs to be you you because you can't be if you got fireworks about to go off, you can't just be like wandering over there yeah. for a different song. So you need it to be ready. when Robin is playing Dancing on My Own. Yes, right. it's Full a stop. You need in, in certain types of big shows. It's a. Uh, it it uh, it's no it's it, the fact that they do the same setlist every night is like yeah because I got fifty dancers with them what are they gonna do a freestyle right, right, right. like <laughs> you're like oh well, yeah we're gonna jam we're gonna dance yeah we're gonna do a Grateful Dead song tonight so just do whatever you want for tw- <laughs> just so, noodle with your body yeah. so anyway yeah we we that uh, we were lucky that as we started putting the new band together and the record was getting finished we just had a lot of time to like make sure everybody knew every single song basically so when including down for so long and we did one version of down for so long we just kind of we almost it almost sounded like weezer say it ain't so when you play it on guitar <laughs> down for so long yeah um but so we basically it was nice that we had a lot of time to kind of get the but new band not, together and have everybody learn all so. the music so we at this point of course somebody might somebody might request us a, a really random song that we don't know but generally if somebody requests something yeah, maybe we played it a couple of weeks ago. And we just you, do didn't, it. you didn't have plants in the audience. Yeah, no, like, we play nev- the new single. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, we've never had plants in the audience. Can't get and, enough. And sometimes people have signs, and that makes it. But so you're a little less on the spot because if I see two signs and I want to play one song, I can yeah. ch- pick that. But sometimes we just call on people and they'll call out random stuff. What was it, the, it? Can be funny. What's the worst request in the best. Request? <laughs> well, this sounded bad at the time, but actually, I respect this dude so much. There is this dude in a bucket hat at a show in Toronto. Because so, the bucket and, hat plays an important role. Oh yes. Yeah, Sometimes I pick people yeah. who it was it was you know, and, and he, like virtual uh, insanity. And so we just played our whole show. And you know, in the show that we play, we play a lot of the hits. Uh, and, then, but. and then so this guy, I don't know if his friend brought him there or or if he was just high or he just literally wanted to hear it. But we're like, all right, man, what song do you want to hear? And so of course in the show, we'd already played A Punk, but he's like, Hey punk. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I was like, we played that already. And the rest of the crowd is kind of like, mm. yeah. Cause you know, the, you want another song. The other fans like, let's hear something we didn't hear yet. And then I, so we, I was like something else. And then I came back to it and I was like, you know what? You rule for just requesting that song. And yeah. we played it again. It actually was like a nice moment. So it's shout out that sentient bucket hat. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's kind of random when people request, uh, other stuff, but I, we get, like we said, somebody requested down for so long in Madison square garden. We get people who request like covers that we're known for. We play our buddy's song called mountain brews. Uh, uh, and we had people request that in Germany, mm. just like two German people, like Mountain Bruce. <laughs> like, all right. So you well, know, and I think it's so, because they follow along. They smashed. follow the, the, yeah. the tour, you know. And the best request, um, that really stuck out to you. Well, I'll be because you guys were talking about being at the garden. That uh, I remember, I called on somebody because they had a bucket hat that said. <laughs> That, or no, it was a different so kind this of hat. Thing, wear a bucket hat yeah, to exactly. the Vampire Weekend show. That helps. And but then so not, but th- there's somebody, who, they clearly had some homemade gear. And, and I said, what song do you want to hear? And this is, we'd been at the garden. We played a long ass show. That was important to us. We're like, this is the hometown show. We're giving people their fucking money's worth. Like, yeah, and those tickets were not cheap, my G. But let's make it to three hours if we can. And we made it almost to three, which for us is insane. We used to Whoa. play. And we're every, making up for the rest of it. Every night, used to, every night used to be 70 minutes. Like, peace. Yeah. Um, Peace frog. No encore. And so (laughs) I called on somebody. There's a girl in the front row and she requested obvious bicycle, which is the slow Mm. jam that opens modern vampires. And we, and great song. And we have this kind of version of it now that that kind of picks up speed and we go into the son of a preacher man. We get real jammy and it's a fun surprise kind of, but even then I was like, we've been playing so long. You know, I kind of want people, I think to pick up tempo shit because the energy is probably flagging. So I was like, 
is this a bad request? And, but I also felt like, what am I, I'm not going to deny somebody. Of course not. So, but you're just like, no, but so then, <laughs> fuck you, so bitch. I was like, all right, like, start like, all right playing let's something else. Yeah. So we start playing the slow song and then like people got, you know, phone lighters up yeah. in the, in the room, people start singing and like moving and stuff. And then when we kick enough son of a preacher, man. And then I was like, looking back, I was like, I was so yeah. nervous about I, that. I was so nervous about that being like, Ooh, is this going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back? A slow song when we're two and a half hours deep. Yeah. And actually that ended up being a really like important moment in the show. It like felt like a sense of community. Yeah, it was like sentimental to yes. be there. It was yeah. great. Uh, R. R. Kelly. Our rookie. First time. R. Kelly. Let's go. First time, long time. I'll try not to blow it. I just want to say very quickly that over the course of recording, um, Mr. Moore actually DM'd the Failing Upwards account. Oh. Um, looking for photo credit on a GQ photo of Adam Sandler okay. that we ripped. So I just want to apologize to Mr. Moore publicly. <laughs> well, <laughs> that social listening. channel might not even belong to us anymore. And I'm, so and I'm sorry to hear about that too. Yeah, I thought you guys were running a tighter ship. Yeah, well, well, keep, we got a, we got a rookie over here. So yeah. he's learning. He's learning. He, most improved player for sure. Yeah. It's been a crazy Really, you have, no, you have nice nothing year. else you want to ask as a 2020 big year. No, no, no. That was just real quick. I wanted to apologize to Mr. Oh, Moore. All right. Um, but you're talking about advice recently um uh-huh. we talked about that and uh, from running the socials one i don't know if trends the way were that i've yeah. noticed with fans of our podcast uh-huh. recently have been saying a lot um a lot of people will just dm us uh like trouble about their like work life um uh-huh. I know you worked as a teacher for one yeah. year after college is that right that's right um is there anything you can say kind of about that layover that you had after school before things with music started to pick up because i feel like a lot of kids that <laughs> yeah, we sure. Well, I'll say, I'll say this. I was, I was very stressed. I mean, I've talked about this here and there, but like, again, you know, these are middle-class problems, but graduate college, suddenly I realized, wow, I'm in debt and other people are making money. I was like, wow. I was like, for the first time I was like, oh, if you have student loans, you're in debt. And if you have zero student loans, you're starting at zero. And if you're somebody who gets a signing bonus at Mm -hmm. a JP Morgan or a lot of Ivy League people do that, you're like, you're actually, you're starting at $15,000. $15,000. So you're starting at 15. You're starting at zero. I'm starting at negative 30. Damn, dude. Damn. And it's like, again, uh, obviously people with a- uh, Is why you're voting for Bernie. That's why I'm voting yeah, for Bernie. Right. But also, you know, and, and I also want to be clear, there's people with harder scrabble lives who they learn that when they're five years old. You get that, you get that, and I get this. You get nothing. You know, there's so many reasons why people are oppressed. Less than nothing. In, in this country. So all I'm, ta- all I'm talking about little is, is a little bit of financial stress, <laughs> not, not what a lot of people have to go through. So I really felt like- I found that incredibly stressful and the band was doing our thing and we were recording and playing shows here and there, but I'm working as a teacher in a, you know, very disorganized New York public school where you had a lot of great people, great students, but it it was called, um, junior high school, two, five, eight in Bed-Stuy. It used to be called David Ruggles school. They actually closed the school eventually. Although I, I, Ezra Koenig Memorial. Yeah, school. maybe they'll name it after Sorry me. about fucking up. But, you know, there, that was also in this weird era where they were just like closing schools and reopening them under different names. Probably Thanks, some King weird, Mike. Some weird, like, yeah, some goofy oh, Bloomberg shit. era shit. Um, but it, it was it was very stressful. And I was kind of like, I liked elements of being a teacher, but I, I also kind of felt like I didn't choose this. Did I mess up with my major? Did I actually like fumble an Ivy League education? Did I fumble I, the bag? And I, yeah, did, literally, did I fumble the bag? Why, did I major in English? Like, am I a fucking moron? Like, what? Suddenly, I <laughs> yes. feel like it was like cold water thrown on me. So I will say, I don't know what the answer is, but I certainly relate to that that stressful feeling of kind and also being like oh shit i don't have uh health insurance and my friend yeah. cuz i had Whoops. my i had my dad's uh, in a, a union iatsi um he works on uh, set uh, set dresser the team hoffa um <laughs> you know the the teamsters are only one step away from iatsi so okay. you know my he, my dad told me I would, that you know we support labor unions and the mafia 
You know, yeah. that's <laughs> yeah, right. That's what we do in our family. Uh, so yeah, I, I can certainly relate to that stress of being like, am I in the right job? What's going to happen to me? And I I know it's a small thing, but that's why. You got to vote for Bernie, people. <laughs> how, like, we think, just think about how, look, it's one thing to be, it's one thing to be broke. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to be negative $100,000 in debt and not have health insurance. And and the fact that it's, it seems boring to people that Bernie says this shit over and over again, they're like, okay, dude, health care and student debt. Uh, I don't really care. That's like why Howard Stern and Hillary Clinton laughing about calling yeah, it Chuck. Like they both go fuck themselves. Jesus Christ. I used to like you, Howard. Come on, yeah. man. So there's something about Hil- so anyway Hillary body count that, <laughs> that but anyway that that's all to say that I I truly believe life there's still so much frustration in life what, who am I what what do I want to accomplish but there's one thing that nobody should have to worry about in a rich society and that's drowning in student debt and not having health insurance and I really think about even in my own privileged life how much those things weighed on me for this one year of yeah. my life let alone for just people little that sample size. Yeah. That's my, it was my little sample size. And even then of it's, misery. it's burned. <laughs> yeah. in, even then it's burned into me and I'll never forget how I felt in those months. And even yeah. the year when I was a teacher, I was like, well, what if I didn't want to be a teacher, then I wouldn't have health insurance and I wouldn't be able to pay my, my debt back. That, that still stays with me all these decades uh, later, you know, now I'm buying two, two of the same fleece. Yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> so anyway, well, uh, well, well, as, so far. Ezra, listen, um, obviously these political issues are very important to you. Uh, if you do, you know, God willing or God's willing win the Grammy, may I suggest you don't wait four and a half hours before. Yeah. Before throwing proclaiming these very important. No, I'm just, yeah. I'm just with you. <laughs> I, well, yeah. I, Similarly, I um, right I'd like to offer to you actually some more advice yeah. in sure. our final segment before and we kick the fuck out Is this going to be one big episode or are you just going to go fucking crazy and be like, no, I think we're, we're going to break it up into, I think it's going to be an entire season. We're going to do five, like pods. 10 episodes, yeah. just 80 of them. I don't yeah. There's something cool. That'd be kind of like Grateful Dead vibe of just be like one yeah, five hour podcast. I mean, again, if it's behind the paywall, let's fucking yeah. rock and roll. Dive in. Before we kick you out of here, you promote whatever you want to promote. This is the, this is the Irishman of podcasts. Yes, exactly. Uh, before we kick you out yeah, of here, yeah. we're big fans, huge fans of your art, of you as family. a person, of yeah. your, and most importantly, your fits. Yeah. Well, thank All right. Yeah. Uh, well, we lo- thank you. Yeah. Your jaunt more than anything else. You're doing amazing, sweetie, thank but we want to see you do even better. We okay. want to see you thrive and we, kn- we know how you're going to do that. So okay. we want to offer you construct- some constructive criticism. All right. It's all meant to build you up further to yep. these end goals. Mm-hmm. I'm into constructive right? criticism. Yeah. Yeah. Take it or leave it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we're just throwing it at you. First up. The next Neo Yokio. We don't know what form it's going to take, but right. let us voice some motherfucking mm-hmm. characters. Or okay. be in it if it's I can live. see that. That'd be really good for you, well, I think. You, yeah, you guys are a good duo. Yeah. Let's go. We're, some the people said we're the, we're, we're the, the, we're the, we're the, quarter. No, we're the white. less, we're the less ethnic, less funny. Jesus and Mero. You got to start somewhere. Yo, for real. Only upwards. So that's yeah. the first one. That So just pocket that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, on, you know, on the backs of that. Maybe we just start fresh with a new property. Right. We're pretty charismatic. There could be potentially an anime show about us, our lives, failing upwards throughout the fashion industry, kind of like an anime girls with bros. Okay. Like the show Girls, Lena Dunham. Girls, yeah. you know. We'll, p- we'll, we'll pitch it to Nick Weinfeld. Yeah. But, but you should, you but should if we produce have, that. If you have you on as a director, writer, producer. Yeah, yeah. Carte Blanche, Final Cut. Male whatever. Girls. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Anime version. Yeah. Uh, Sis boys. Um, How about this? You know, you're, (laughs) you mentioned that you're in the studio. You're just noodling. You're just fucking around. You're figuring out the next two albums. Breaking news here. You heard it here first. Uh, How about, you know, in between sets, sessions, whatever, just 
obviously you have a lot going on up here. Just write and record a new theme song for Failing Upwards. Yeah. Oh, something proprietary that we can make some streams off of, you know? All right. Right now it's Teenage Dirtbag, but we're open. Something yeah. in a Teenage Dirtbag vein? Uh, that's up for you to decide. Something, you know, triumphant. When, whenever you come up with you the name your of this, whether it's the old name or a new name, it's let called me down know. for so long. Yeah. And if, and if it, okay. I can, you, I, can, I can definitely so help long. get down for so Shmoney long. Dancing yeah. with some goth yeah. teens, the podcast. Some goth teenage dirtbags. Shmoney Dancing with some goth okay. teenage dirtbags. There it is. That seems like a cumbersome title. Yep. Anyway, just again, file that away if you have some free time. All right. Um, so. Listen, let's put all the mm. cards on the table. Yeah. Our boy, Jeffrey Epstein, mm. super producer. Uh, the past 48 hours have been a disaster related to terrible production stuff. We don't need to go into yeah. the details. Okay. But right. He's blown it. Um, yeah. It just so happens that I heard that your father-in-law, uh-huh. arguably, maybe the second greatest producer all, all time of all time after Scott Storch, I would say probably. <laughs> uh, we're looking for some help. So I don't know yeah, what yeah. Quincy Jones is up to, but. Listen, we potentially have a slot available. Getting into producing podcasts. He's got a, yeah. th- a thriller plaque and a podcast plaque. Yeah. An untitled podcast. Yeah. It could be. I mean, look, that guy, that guy, unbelievable amount of energy. He's still working every day. That's what I'm saying. He manages artists. He still writes music and He's stuff. looking for a side gig. So I've never heard him speak about podcasts. <laughs> Does he know podcasts exist? He definitely would know podcasts. Ex- he Does he know he, he gets follows, fits off? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Does he know he's the goat? Does uh, he walk around with that kind of swagger? Well, he, I think he knows he's the goat, but he's, but he is like very humble. Cool. Like he, like you, he'll always, he, he, you know, the guy who never forgets where he came from, you know, he, and, and also a guy who like really can like talk to anybody. Just like us. Yeah. Ooh, that's what, that's yeah. who we want on the I, podcast. You know, that's who you guys remind me of. Um, but he, uh, <laughs> but he, uh, Big he, he does have amazing clothes and, uh, yes, he yeah. does. And there, there's certain stuff that like kind of only he can pull off. And he's, oh, and he's like, and speaking of like people who are like really rode for a brand for a long time, the, the Quincy Masoni connection. Is oh, really huge. We, oh, the, his, uh, his crib. Yeah. All of the is all Masoni oh, furniture. In, in We've heard house, about this. In yeah. the house he has a bunch. And um, yeah, I feel like there was some time where we were, we were there and just like kind of opened a random closet in a guest bedroom. And it was just like. All Masoni robes. Oh, like fire. Amazing. Just but the robe closet. He, you know, we, everyone has those. With the OG Masoni, uh, the godfather, yeah. who, the father, grandfather Masoni, I think his name was Mr. Masoni. Mr. Masoni, who was an Olympic athlete who started yeah. Masoni. Those guys go, they were friends. Uh, he's no longer around, but they were friends forever. So I feel like the uh, Quincy's like, Road for that brand, you know, way before he's any of us ever heard of it. Yeah. Right, he's a, and, he's, and he still rocks he's, it. He's a down-ass yeah. bitch from a Sony. You mm. respect it. All right, Ezra, uh, is there anything you want to plug? Yeah, or where can the kids follow you? You're finally done. Let's yeah. see. You made it out the other side. Yeah, did I talk about my band? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, what? Vampire Your Weekend, band? four albums in stores now. Never Check heard it of out. One. I guess I would say... Uh, Vote for Bernie. Oh, absolutely. I'm Vote for Bernie. Bernie vote and for in the primary too, guys. Register as a Democrat. I don't think it's probably too late to do all this. If you're a member, if you're a member, yeah. if you're a member of the, the Grammy voting block or whatever, voting mm-hmm. academy. Oh, that's uh, definitely over by now, the Grammy voting. But <laughs> the, it's actually close. I would yeah. say, yeah, vote for Bernie. And um the other thing I'll say is if you if you want to catch Vampire Weekend on the Father of the Bride tour, which last year was amazing, I'm just saying, you know. Just saying, you come out this year because I can't guarantee 2021 is going to be a lot of time on the road. Mm. I'm probably going to be oh, so going hard in this. Another so six years like, now or forever hold your peace type. Well, beat. no, I, I'm definitely not trying another to be off the road break? for years for years and years again. But I would just say, like, Retirement. you know, there uh, come out to some of the smaller towns, like you know, show some yeah. love. Bend, to, listen to Time Crisis to too, right? Listen to Time Crisis. Oh, listen to Time Crisis, sure. Yeah, and stream you Yokio so those Netflix motherfuckers know what's and up. Ezra, thank you, thank you for coming on the only podcast. We hope you had a good time. Chef. Hit that motherfucking transitional music.
Yo, first Patreon ep in the books. Get used to it. Like, thank you. We love you. <laughs> Outro. What the fuck? <laughs> Yo, just use that. <laughs> Let's go home. Billy Ray was a preacher's son. And when his daddy would visit, he'd come along. When they gather around and started talking, that's when Billy would take me walking. Out through the backyard, we go walking. Then he look into my eyes. Lord knows to my surprise, the only one who could ever reach me was the son of a preacher man. The only boy who could ever teach me was the son of a preacher man. Yes, he was. He was. Yes, he was. No matter how hard I try When he started sweet talking to me He come and tell me everything is alright He kiss me down me everything's alright Can I get away again tonight? The only one who could ever reach me Was the son of a preacher man The only boy who could ever teach me Was the son of a preacher man Yes he was, he was